Hi, this is Steve. 25 years ago at a comic book convention, I came across one of the most interesting people I had ever met in my entire life. Muscle-bound and sporting a very impressive mullet, Dan Panocean also happened to be one of the hottest artists at Marvel Comics. Working on the X-Men and later at Image Comics, Dan carved out a reputation as one of the most talented illustrators in the industry. If you had told me then that he would become a lifelong friend, I probably wouldn't have believed it. You see, one of the problems with Dan is that you can never quite tell when he's serious. Well, almost never. You see, in all the time I've known him, Dan has always been 100% passionate about four things. His art, weightlifting, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Conan the Barbarian. From the Frazetta art on his walls to his Twitter handle, at Urban Barbarian, Dan's love for that muscle-bound Sumerian is pretty legendary. So, naturally, when it came time to discuss that 1982 John Milius classic, Conan the Barbarian, we absolutely had to get him on the show. This is a great conversation with a brilliant artist who is absolutely devoted to Conan. So, if you haven't seen the movie, don't forget you can purchase Conan and every other film we've ever reviewed on our website, cinephiles.net. That's C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S dot net. So, that's Conan the Barbarian with the urban barbarian Dan Panocean this Friday on the Cinephiles. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this one. We've won again! This is good, but what is best in life? The open step. Fleet horns, falcons at your wrist, and wind in your hair. Wrong! Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. <laughs> Hello and welcome once again to The Cinephiles, where each week we enter the world of a great film, we explore its themes, the history, the filmmaking, and the influence it has on us today. My name is Steve Morris. I'm a filmmaker and directing instructor on Los Angeles, California. Hey everyone, my name is John Roca. I'm a voiceover artist, uh, occasional actor, and host of numerous shows here. Uh, and writer now, all of a sudden. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there you go. And today, we are welcoming a guest that we talked about having on to do this movie. Yes. Pretty much from the very beginning. Yeah. Wow. We, we are very happy to welcome to the Cinephiles, Dan Panosian, the urban barbarian, to yes. talk about Conan the Barbarian. Uh, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Dan is a, uh, a well-known comic book artist, started uh, with Marvel as an inker, inked all of the biggest books you can think of, all the X books, went on to Image, where he worked on Profit, as well as he was doing books that literally are selling millions of comic books a month went into video games worked on duke nukem he worked on a video game that became kung fu panda pretty yeah. much designed all the kung fu panda characters came back into comics did a great graphic novel called john tiffany and right now you've got a new comic book out called slots mm-hmm. and i'm writing and drawing it writing it's, drawing uh, inking. kirkman's label at image comics yeah. skybound robert kirkman, robert robert kirkman, kirkman yeah. oh. walking dead yeah. fame for those of you who so then i call him robbie <laughs> no i don't i don't think i've ever i don't think i've heard anyone call him robbie <laughs> Be rich. Uh, <laughs> um, so welcome, welcome to the yeah. Cinephiles. We're very, Thanks for very having bad. me. You think you're, yeah. you, it's good to have you. Yeah, I'll, Steve, I'll, I'll try not to talk over you guys like I just did twice. <laughs> no, it's, no, this is going to be a look, great look, show. Look, this podcast is going to go. We got, we got Dan, yeah. the urban barbarian, on the show. It's going to go where it's going to go. <laughs> and Steve is right. Steve's right. Like I know, what, I don't know what episode this is going to be in the in the fifties or sixties, but like Steve, uh, one of the first things we were considering people to bring on, you were absolutely at the oh. top of the list for Conan, and we were considering movies. You were absolutely the first, like, I really the first, only one that. I want to walk with you. So when we find, the fact that we finally lined this up is 
incredibly awesome. Oh, yes. that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for having me. So I have a question. So we've known each other for over 20, 25 years. 25 years, wow. something yeah. like that. And there's and there's one, there are four, I was thinking about this, there are four things I always associate with you. And I was wondering, I don't know which one came first or how they all interact, but those four things are obviously drawing comics. Trump. Conan. Weightlifting and bodybuilding, and Arnold. Yeah, those so all kind of connected there. <laughs> and, and, and I was wondering, like, well, which came first? Like, how were you a comic book lover, and then discovered Arnold? Were you a Conan lover, and then discovered comics? Like, what? It's, it's weird. My dad was uh, he was a he was a, a boxer, so he was a old tough guy, but he was also an artist, and he loved comic books. He had an ad agency, but I think he always wanted to be a comic book artist. And he grew up in the Depression, which is that pulp era where Robert E. Howard created uh, Conan. So he's familiar with the character and other characters like Flash Gordon. So he loved that sort of movie and books and uh, uh, tapes, literally books on tape. Yeah. Because they were on tape when I was listening to him as a kid. Um, So when the movie Conan came out, I was a little young for the film, but he took me to see the film. And that kind of changed my life i mean that that movie really had a huge impact on yeah. me i mean maybe too much <laughs> uh, so yeah so i saw that movie you're looking at arnold and you're like wow normal people don't look like that that guy literally looks like you know otherworldly and had you seen like pumping iron or anything like that before no i i think i was 14 or almost 14 yeah, it's years old so yeah that's about right you're not the same age and uh it was it was kind of mind-blowing and it was a great film it's an unusually great action film that it still t- stands the test of time it's still very watchable mm. like there's some films you watch today and i hadn't and this is going to get me a lot of like i'll probably lose like all my twitter followers <laughs> but i never <laughs> and you guys can disagree with me too. No, fine. Yeah. but I, I never saw goonies as a kid nor should you because i was because <laughs> i hate I, that movie yeah because i was like Why does again i was coming up <laughs> i was raised by my dad who's like, you know first of all the title goonies he's just gonna shake his head at yeah. me there's no way that's gonna happen and um you know i couldn't drive myself to the movie theater i think when goonies came out or maybe i could i don't know was mm. it was it were we 16 when that it's, came out yeah maybe 84 yeah 80, 85 okay so i was still like a i was a, a freshman so i couldn't drive at right. that point but i saw that movie recently and i'm like this is not a good movie. This is a strange, terrible film. <laughs> Validation. <laughs> I mean, it's not an awful movie, Finally. but it's, it's very, it's very like after-school special sort of yes. film to me. And I know it's of the time and everything, but I'm saying comparatively to a movie like Conan, that's a whole different sort of uh, level there. Do you understand I, the reason I love Dampin' Ocean? <laughs> this is the reason why I love Dampin' Ocean. He understands. Yeah. My dad was also a boxer in Argentina. I oh, also wow. understand what it's like to like... I saw Conan at a very young age yeah. as a teen, and so and my dad. Those are the movies that my dad wanted to watch yeah. with me, not the Goonies or shit. I saw like that. Hard Times, and yeah, you know, all I love Charles Bronson. Talking about Hard Times recently, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hard such times. a good film. Yeah. yeah, big influence on um that the comic book I'm writing and drawing slots. Oh yeah, I totally big, see big that. Influence. Mm. I totally yeah. see that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that comic? It's just coming out now, right? Well, it's coming out October fourth. I don't know if this is going to be aired by then. But probably, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It's a story about this guy who's made every... He's about 53, 54, around that age. And he's made every decision that, as we're growing up, we're like, oh, I would, I'd like to do that. And then you go, nah, that's... You listen to the good angel on your shoulder as opposed to the devil. He's always listening to the devil. He's like, no, nah, screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that crazy wild thing. And you're like, ah, I envy that guy. But by the time he's he loses his looks and his youth and... You, you, that stuff catches up with you and now he's at that stage of his life where there's a lot of regret and it's a story about 
redemption. He's about ready to end his life in the very beginning of this and he's story. He's a boxer, right? He's he's a, he is a boxer. I mean, he he throws more fights than he wins on mm. purpose. Just he's not. He's just a, he's more of a grifter. Right. He's just like a, he's making it however he wants to, not caring about his future. And now he's starting to care about his future. He has a son that he doesn't know, who, who obviously hates him, as any son would hate their father that you know ran off on them. Ne- I, is there ever a father who goes? No, Dad had to do his own thing. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, I'm cool with him. I love the guy. I'm crazy about him. No, this guy friggin' hates him, and yeah. um, you know he's he's dealing with that. He's dealing with all his broken friendships. Nobody trusts him. Wow. And he's trying to put it all together. So it's not a, it's not exactly a superhero comic, and it's not a fantasy comic. It's not a sci-fi thing. So it's it's a there's not too many comic books out there that fall into this genre it's like, like a, even it's Sin like City noir was, dr- drama right? it's yeah. more of a drama and I was yeah. talking to I was talking to John earlier it's like with Sin City there's no superheroes in Sin City but those characters are really over the top they're essentially yeah. superheroes yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah basically and yeah. visually they're they look like yeah. you know so I'm hoping I'm hoping it does well I'm hoping in, like it resonates with people on like a emotional level if i start crying during this co- podcast is that allowed yeah, of course. does anybody of course. ever cry on this thing yeah of course yeah okay it's I'm kind of requiring yeah you got uh, a little Steve Jones there. multiple times of course <laughs> i mean of course um <laughs> so, 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 you mentioned God. robert redford and the guy is, yeah, is in tears we had to cut around him for the whole thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so steve jones is another part within the same circle of friends and also an artist yeah um so, uh, John, how did you first come to Arnold and Conan? Oh, yeah. I oh, want to hear this. Oh, um, I should pull down the Arnold Schwarzenegger book of bodybuilding. I still, I sitting right there, always there for me. Uh, I came to Arnold probably through Conan the first time. Uh, I remember seeing it. Uh, I don't know what channel it was showing on, but I remember back in the old days, you could record movies onto uh, beta or I mean, onto VHS and beta right. like, off the TV. So I remember seeing it when I was like, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. It was on some TV channel, and I lost my mind. It was one of these films that spoke to me in so many ways because of the warrior aspect of it all. And also, it had a nobility to it, and you didn't think this guy who was the size of a mountain could act or make you feel empathy or connect. You thought it was going to be another cheesy film, but John Milius elevated this film to an almost like, I don't know, epic level. It's almost, I almost felt like rewatching yeah. it for this podcast. Even though it's only two hours and ten minutes, for an epic, it still feels like oh, it's yeah. epic. And so it always affected. So it was one of these films that I constantly rewatched over and over again as a kid, uh, and then I fell in love with Arnold Schwarzenegger just seeing him, and then I would go back and watch Pumping Iron. And when I was... Uh, 15 years old I was always getting beat up by bullies up until I was 15 in the summer between my uh, freshman and sophomore year uh, I got my ass kicked for the last time in my opinion and I went to go get the book the Arnold Schwarzenegger book about it when it was yellow with the blue lettering that's the new one yeah yeah yeah. but when it was yellow with the blue lettering the classic one and I started lifting weights because of Arnold so Arnold has always been a a, a pressing like just always in my life a presence in my life and I just recently wrote an article dedicated to him for the tracking board yeah to celebrate his 70th birthday then. Yeah, and it was like it was seventy. Yeah, it was amazing. And I just spoke about how it's amazing how he's still in our cultural conscience, even though he hasn't had a hit film where he's been the leader for almost three decades. Yeah, and that's that's presence, that's power yeah. in our pop no, culture. People listen to him. Yeah, people you listen know. to him. Yeah. And he's successful in business, and he became a politician. But he's just just that movie though is where I fell in love with him, and where I started to see a star being born. That education of a bodybuilder or uh, his encyclopedia. Yeah. 
He's kind of like the L. Ron Hubbard of uh, <laughs> of maniacs because that's like a go like oh I have this problem mm, page, yeah turn to page sixty seven of you know his book and he, I mean he's not only telling you how to work out he's telling you how to live yeah I mean the guy's, lessons yeah. yeah he's like oh my, there's a little antidote for my past that you might enjoy well our, our, our I, lifted, I lifted a tree over the weekend <laughs> with my buddies and drank mead. Arnold has an opinion about everything. I mean, yeah. that's one yeah. thing. Is like this is not a guy who's wanting for confidence. No, you know? he has no lack of confidence. No. Okay. No. Did you start lifting right after seeing Conan, or were you already? I wasn't lifting? allowed to because you know how tall I am. I'm a giant. Yeah, you know, at five it's huge. So <laughs> no, my dad was like, my dad was he's a little taller than me, but he was like, I don't want this kid lifting weights because it'll stunt your growth, and so he wouldn't let me lift weights. But I secretly was lifting weights at about like age seventeen. Oh, so oh, was I that, it was that late. Wow. Yeah, I, I just assumed you were younger. No, I was like John. I was. I was. Uh, my mouth got me into a lot of trouble uh, growing up, and I started shocking. Wait, yeah. I didn't. I didn't say that's why I was getting. Beat up. Well, John, I think we can we can connect the dots a little no, bit. No, I was no, I was not like you I weren't am a, now. You weren't a smart aleck. Not at all. No? Oh my god, right. I was a fat, scared kid all the time. Oh. I got beat up. All the time, not really? for my oh. mouth. It was just for being who I, just for oh. being fat or being like ugly or being Latino. Like that is all these things. All the time. Who's this guy? That's not John. Yeah. <laughs> no, trust me, you wouldn't recognize me if you knew me when oh. I was twelve or thirteen. I was yeah, such I, a wuss. I got. I I wasn't getting picked on, but I was my. I did get picked on a little bit as a, a little kid, mm. and then a similar situation like John. I got my ass kicked. I think in the sixth grade, and I was like, that's that's it, and. uh it was a long story with my dad mm. with, with that. Not, as you can imagine, not happy about that. So I was like, this is never going to happen again. My dad wouldn't speak to me for like a month wow. after that. And so I was like, wow, there's some consequences here. But fast forward, kind of a cocky jerk in, in high school. And um, I was not really starting fights with older kids, but people would show up in my high school with beards and you know, <laughs> waiting for me after school to kick my ass. Wow. So um, I was like, I got to do something here. I got to build myself. I could, I could box because I, I grew up boxing, but, you know, I was, I was 135 pounds at, at age, you know, 17, 18 years old. I was a skinny, skinny little kid. And uh, so I, you know, wisely bought rings for every single finger. I still have this ring. looks yeah. like a brass knuckle. And I'm like, if I can just get one shot in, I'm ripping their face off. Like, no one's touching me. And uh, I'm going to get yeah. angry. I'm going to get a little riled up here, Steve. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> no, it's, that's, that's yeah. why. That's it. Look, you're the urban barbarian. <laughs> well, and this is, I mean, it's like, cause it's, I knew that you were 135 pounds. Yeah. But when I met you, which I think was like 91. I was probably at 185. And just ripped. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you, you were a serious, serious. I was really into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and like, it was all. I, I wanted to, from seeing this film, mm. I wanted to be Schwarzenegger yeah. or Stallone. Or, yeah, I, I thought to myself, Stallone's probably a little bit more achievable, you know? But, <laughs> yeah. but I, the ideal was I'd like to look like Stallone, but have arms like Schwarzenegger, you yeah. know? It's, it's so fun. I mean, so influential. I remember for me, like, I had, as I said before, we had like Showtime when I was a kid. And 1980 or whatever, I started to see this trailer for Pumping Iron. Oh. And I just remembered for the trailer, just having like this visceral reaction because yeah. having grown up, you know, my whole childhood reading comic books, the, the assumption was that that wasn't that humans could never be like that. Yeah. And then you see Arnold in that era who was beyond what any comic book looked yeah. like at that time. And it just in the same way that Bruce Lee gave me this visceral reaction, you know, it's just these 
amazing physical specimens. And uh, I don't think I saw Conan in the theaters because mm. I was probably too young. Yeah, you probably... but I saw it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, once it came on like Showtime or whatever uh, for a long time, and and I don't, I had never read a Conan comic or read a Conan book. But then, strangely, my second professional writing job yeah. was writing Conan, oh, wow. um, uh, which I, you know, with a buddy wrote this yeah, Marvel comics. epic series for Marvel. Wow, that never came out. Um, a lot, on a, among a long list of comics I wrote that never came out. Um, but, but you got to work with Roy Thomas. I got to work who with Roy Thomas. Considered the you know Conan writer yep. of. Wow. I mean, he's really the definitive Conan writer for Marvel comics. Yeah, he wrote for what thirty years, probably easily, easily, if not yeah. more. And then I mean, what I had completely forgotten is that you and he's I still were, writing Conan. I, the last still? Conan story I did. No, the, well, I did a Conan Red Sony miniseries with Gail Simone and mm. uh, Jim Zuck, but the one before that was Roy Thomas's supposed last Conan right. story, and I just did um, two issues of a twelve-issue series. Wow. But you know, that's like saying like someone's last professional fight, like right. Mayweather it's... retires after this, like Mayweather will never fight again. Well, but Roy Thomas will probably write another Conan. Because when I wrote my Conan story, which was ninety-four, maybe mm-hmm. he was retiring. That's why yeah. I was doing it. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. See, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't Brett think Favre the guy's retiring just yet. Yeah. Yeah. And what I had totally forgotten, by the way, which is that you and I were doing going to do a Conan story, uh, which never happened. True. Um, mm. Yeah. Which I found recently and I read it and it was fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. I, I think my one request was it had to have Bay Elite. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which yep. I named my motorcycle after. I have a personalized load, uh, motorcycle plate. I, I called my motorcycle Bay Elite. Which is all black. Hmm. Which Conan? We see. I mean, like, we have the right guest to talk about Conan. <laughs> so let's let's get in the movie. The movie. Uh, it, wait, 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 wait. How did you get into yeah. Conan? When did you see Conan? You just no, talked so about pumping iron. No, I didn't. I said I did. You said I he watched, watched a, that alongside. No, I did. Oh, you watched alongside Pumping Iron on HBO? No, no. I said after it. Came, I didn't see it in the movie. Th- I did. I did say it. Yeah. Well, when did you see it? I saw it. I say it again. Uh, I didn't just see say it. it again. I will say it again. Okay. Maybe he won't. It's getting very confrontational. Yeah, I just, just say it again. Just a lot question. of testosterone. We start talking about Conan. This, if it, I'm, I think I'm the only one carrying a blade. Right? I got weights. I got weights right behind. I'm yeah, starting lifting while we do this. Yeah. So, <laughs> the urban barbarian just pulled out a knife. There it is. <laughs> yeah, we are it's going cold, next level. It's cold steel. <laughs> so, literally, that's a brand. Though. It's a, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't see it in the movie theater. I think I was too young. Uh, but I did, when it came on Showtime, I watched it over and over again in that era as a kid. Now, I remember that. Okay, so this is what I'm trying to ask you. What is, how did it affect you? Like, we, we talked about how it affected us. Well, how did Arnold affect you? You just said physical specimen. But what else? Did it, did it inspire you to lift? Did it inspire you to fight yeah, back? I got, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I That's got That's I want you to meet us on that level. Okay. I got a set of weights at 14. Wow. So um, early and, start. And, and would lift them knowing nothing of what I was doing. And yeah. Here's, but here's the thing about 14-year-old Steve. <laughs> I had no discipline. So I lifted a little bit and I went, this is hard. And I did it, you know, for like probably a year, but not hard. Like I didn't understand. I really didn't get physical discipline until I was like 18. You need to read the book, clearly. I did not read the book. That's the problem. Everything's in there. All secrets revealed. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until I started doing martial arts when I was 18 that Mm -hmm. I became like went, oh, this is when you press beyond your endurance over and over right. and over again. I had no... I mean, I was on a football team briefly when I was like 14, and and uh, the coach was an asshole, and our team was terrible, and I got in a play, and I went, I'm going to go do theater. So I was, you know, like, I, I just right. didn't have that that gear. That okay. had to evolve in me much later. Um, okay, 
how the movie came about is it starts with Edward Pressman, the producer, who sees Pumping Iron and loves Conan and goes, I have to make this happen. Um, and it goes through a lot of different versions, including Oliver Stone writing a script. And you're a big yeah. fan of Oliver Stone, right? I am a mixed fan of Oliver Stone. Ooh, interesting. Well, I, mean, I, I knew, like, that, I knew the, that about Steve, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just the later to push stuff? My yeah. The later stuff? Well... well but, but this is not the Oliver Stone podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan. Um, yeah, Dan, stay on point. <laughs> Sorry. But he has a big part of the Conan yes, beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and he writes a script, and there's even talk of him directing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is very young, very young Oliver, Oliver Stone. Stone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they go out to uh, Dino De Laurentiis, who becomes a producer. Dino De Laurentiis is a well known producer of. Many films of many kinds. Yes. <laughs> varying degrees of quality. Of varying degrees of quality. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking and, about that this morning. And uh, John Milius was, had been at sort of his peak after Apocalypse Now, uh, which had come out in 78. And uh, he goes on to make a movie which now just went out of my brain mm-hmm. um, that was a complete disaster. And so he was sort of desperate. And so when Dino De Laurentiis said, hey, do you want to do Conan? He's like, well, I'm not going to wor- ever work again. So I guess so. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Milius, I think he's the – he and Arnold, are, these are the key people that make this movie what it is. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have Milius, I think it's just going to oh, be no. a trashy – It's mm-hmm. going to be, and I hate to say this, Conan the Destroyer. Yeah. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Which isn't you – know. Which I don't think I've seen since the mid-'80s. I've seen it maybe four times. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he did 1941. Is that, who you're, is that what you're talking about? He did. Uh, he, he did the Not story for, for 1940. Oh, okay. No, no, it's uh, it's. There's another movie that he directed. Oh, it's directed. Spielberg. Oh. Okay, Spielberg's 1942. No, well, no, no, Spielberg. Oh, Spielberg's 41. 41. Yeah. He might have produced it. I well, don't he, think he directed there's it. There's Big Wednesday, The Surfer. Big Wednesday. Went, yeah, Big but Wednesday. But he loved that movie. movie. Yeah, I, that was his big the, important film that he was making. Yeah, and yeah. it was a t- total bomb. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a, but it's now revered it's as a cult classic for surfers. Yeah. Right. And, and Milius is this guy. We talked about him a lot in Apocalypse Now. You can have like two podcasts about this guy. I yeah. mean, he's yeah. like, he is, and, and there's a great documentary on him. Yes. Oh. I highly recommend you watch. Yeah. Needless to say, he is a, a Hollywood dark horse. He is a conservative, gun-toting, ultra-macho, somewhat crazed genius. Somewhat? Yeah. <laughs> okay. A crazy guy's crazy, but in, I, the, yeah. in the best possible way. I've always seen him as a descendant of John Ford. I've always oh, felt it's his he, favorite director. Yeah, he's that makes very sense. much the yeah. sunglasses, the cigar, or whatever he's always yeah. smoking. Yeah. Just the the look of the aura of like uh, he's got white this hunter, kind of black heart. Yeah, that he's kind that of guy. Thing. Definitely. Yeah. Please. Right. I was going to say, I wanted to say about the Oliver Stone thing. What's interesting about his script or his version of it? Equally, he took the material very, very seriously. Whereas a lot of people would go, you know, it's like the, some of the first Batman movies where you're just right. like, oh, let's 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 kind of camp this up or mm-hmm. let's make this silly or this is not real material. It's it's fantasy and it's a storybook. Both these guys took the material extremely seriously, yeah. and I don't think the material was taken as seriously in the second movie. They were like, oh, there's some funny moments. Let's make more funny moments, yeah. and it's not, it's not about that. Like life happens, and some sometimes it's funny despite the gravity of the situation and mm. both these guys really you know brought something to it so I, I'm set so the good, tone i think it's such a great point because the way that comic books had been handled up until the last 10 or 15 years was this is kid stuff and kid yeah. stuff is stupid and therefore mm. we should make and stupid then guys movies. like neil adams with archie goodwin and uh, frank miller um yeah. and obviously alan moore all these guys came up around the same time and start taking the material and giving so it some no, real grandeur serious. to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, should we talk about the movie? Yes. Yeah. Please.
right, so we open with narration mm-hmm. from, Ma- is it Mako or Mako? I, I thought always it was Mako. Mako. I always thought it was Mako. I, I think yeah. it's Mako, too. Yeah. Yeah. Who's this actor who I have always loved. Yeah. Whether it's from MASH or from Chuck Norris movies, or he's just this <laughs> guy that kept showing up. Yeah. He's in a Jackie Chan film. What a voice. He's got this great voice and this great personality theater actor. Yeah. And um, apparently, according to Emilius, they wanted Arnold to do that narration. Oh, mm. God. Well, I don't know about that. That wouldn't have... I agree. That was yeah. not a good idea. Because what's great about him is mysterious. It's, he's mysterious. And it's I, a voice where you can't necessarily tell you know, what it the, is, or, yeah. the, the dialect origin or anything. You're like, okay. Yeah. Well, Obviously. This, yeah. And, yeah. and it would, if it was Arnold doing it, then he would be talking in the first person about himself. Yeah. And, yeah. It's a bad mm-hmm. idea. Uh, we go into seeing the forging of the sword. We see young Conan. We see his mom. And then we end up on the, uh, the riddle of the steel. The secret of steel has always carried with it a mystery. You must learn its little corner. You must learn its discipline. For no one, no one in this world can you trust. Not men, not women, not beasts. This you can trust. What I didn't know is that he was a famous bodybuilder. That's William Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I met yeah. William Smith. Oh, the yeah. guy's a serious badass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even as an old man, I, I, you know, he's he's an intimidating big guy. He's in tons of biker movies. I mean, he was Falcon Eddie in Rich Man Poor Man. Mm. He oh, played wow. a yeah, he played like a bad guy, kind of a boxer in that thing too. Mm-hmm. And or I don't know if he was the boxer. I think um, God, what's his name? Was the uh, yeah, not forget his name, but that was my dad's favorite was Falcon Eddie. Oh, really? So the fact that Falcon Eddie was um, so you were Conan's. I had already heard because Falcon because that was a uh, early miniseries, mm-hmm. right? And that was like the Mad Men of of my parents' generation, yep. where they're like, "Oh, Rich Man Poor Man's on." I remember hearing the words a lot. Never saw it. I've, I've seen like um, oh really some asp- some some of it on uh, YouTube. Right. But I'd love to get a hold of that and oh watch my it. God. Yeah, I watched yeah. it with my parents. It was uh, it, Nick Nolte and Peter yeah, Strauss. That's what I'm talking about. Nick yeah, Nolte was Nolte. the boxer. Yeah, Nick Nolte was a boxer, right? Yeah. right. And then Peter Strauss. Like, it was a whole epic. Back, yeah. back in the old days, kids, they did miniseries that were event miniseries on yeah. CBS or on ABC right. or NBC. And you like Thornbirds was one of those. Like yeah. you know, it was Shogun, yeah. Shogun, Roots, yeah. Shogun, Shogun the biggest, I saw. Right, Roots, right, exactly. And this was Rich Man, Poor Man was like appointment television at that right. time because we don't have DVRs we don't have things to record stuff off your television so yeah, yeah. That was... so yeah seeing seeing that guy is Conan's perfect Conan's father right yeah and he's talking to Conan about the riddle of the steel and mm-hmm. that in the end this is the only thing you can trust yeah steel um, and we see Conan's village and they're off in the snow and his attractive we... mother she is really attractive yeah incredibly beautiful yeah, yeah. And uh, we hear the rise of this music, and here come the bad Franco guys. Colombo. Yeah, Franco Colombo. Again, I didn't know that was Franco Colombo. Yeah, from Pumping Iron. This is his best yeah. friend and, yeah. and chiropractor. I did think he's a chiropractor. He's a chiropractor in Venice Beach. You know? That wow. seems terrible. May, I don't know if he's retired or not. I doubt it. But um, I don't want someone with muscles that big to twist my neck. He's a chiropractor? Uh, yeah, he's a chiropractor. I will there's, absolutely get an appointment with him if he's still doing yeah, it. Yeah, he's still mm-hmm. doing Holy it, I'm crap. sure. He recently... Arnold and uh, Franco recently revisited Golds and I went through that. a workout, so and uh, they're still bantering back and forth, <laughs> still each other shit. and they're still kicking ass. Yeah, so oh, absolutely, yeah. old friends, old I, friends. So, man. I don't know about you. I why was there not more Franco Colombo in this movie? I think 
who knows? I mean, he was. He's uh, he just screen. made a. Co- he just made one cameo in that. I think he's mm. made a cameo in a few Schwarzenegger films. He's on screen for like thirty seconds tops. He's and the he's... picked warrior who's searching out the thing beforehand. Oh, the one who's running through the he's woods. He's running yeah. first before yeah. oh, before everybody comes, Franco. and then he gives him the signal, and then everybody descends right, on the right. village. Because I think he's so much more interesting than the two big bad guys mm-hmm. who were also like bodybuilders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're the, gonna get to that. Yeah, um, great and, haircuts. Yeah, tremendous haircut. That's amazing haircut. And they, they, <laughs> these bad guys charge into the village, and they just wipe them out. Dad is dad's doing pretty well. Sure, fighting. as well as can be expected. Yeah, he's a blacksmith. Yeah, and then he gets eat, killed by dogs, by armored Rottweilers, which is yeah uh, terrifying. That's a bad way to go. Well, out. an axe to the back. Kind yeah, of makes it hard for you to fight off Rottweilers. That's yeah. a fair point. And then they, fair point. Yeah, they finish up what's left. Yeah, Conan, really. Conan can have done it. Yeah, it's, t- uh, it's terrible to watch. It's I, really I forgot brutal. how graphic his de- yeah. death of his parents are. It's oh. a really violent mm-hmm. sequence mm-hmm. and really brutal. One thing I was thinking about during this attack of the village is I wonder if Excalibur had something to do with this movie getting produced. It's ve- I-, I was actually thinking the same thing as I was watching it, that this is like a sister movie or a brother movie yeah. to Excalibur. The vibe is very similar, that they take these old stories, but they approach them in a very respectful way, but not in and, a need to spoon-feed you anything. And, and they cast less sissies in the, in the huh? roles. And less sissies, let's be honest. <laughs> In yes. Conan than Excalibur? Yeah, obviously. I, I mean, think, I, yes. If we put the cast of Conan to next fight to the, cast. the cast of Excalibur. <laughs> Except for Liam Neeson. You right, know, right. Who could certainly handle it, you know. But, but wow. yeah. Sorry. My mind's blown a little bit right now. Man said something there. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're left with Conan and Mom, and Mom's got the sword, and in comes Thulsa Doom. Imposing figure, haunting, yeah. hauntingly so. James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. in his, I would say, his second great evil bad guy mm-hmm. of the early '80s after mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Sure, mm-hmm. and, and it's funny. Milius want him to wanted him to be sort of of a different species, which is why he has the blue eyes and mm-hmm. the straight hair, dark skin, yeah. obviously. And his here's the great thing about this movie is that James Earl Jones is not phoning this in. Nope. Oh he, no! He is a hundred percent. If he wasn't, if he thought that this is just a gig, this movie would not be good. Well, I think it was, I'm not sure, but I think it was like Stanley. It was like what makes like the Fantastic Four or a lot of these superheroes that he created great is the villain. Absolutely, like, you have to have a great villain. Mm-hmm. Like in my opinion, Superman a little bit on the boring side. And I know Mike Vogel's going to you know <laughs> come in here and smack me around, but. Uh, he has great villains. And same with Batman. I mean, Batman's exciting, obviously. Yeah. But you have, you have a, a, a cast of great villains. Right. And James Earl Jones, like you said, He perfect. just kills it. Yeah. And the way he... Look, the look with Mom and this long sort of back and forth where he essentially seems to hypnotize her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, and, and there's almost an expression of regret in his face. Mm-hmm. You know? Pity. Pity. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And then he turns, and I, as a kid, this shot... James Earl Jones turns back and there's a shot of young Conan holding mom's hand and then a blur of a hair hairy thing dropping down on the side and then mom's pulling away diagonally yeah and you falling. see that hand yeah and you go oh he's cut her head off mm-hmm. but you don't see it and then the next shot is this really beautiful wide angle low angle shot past Conan and his hand up to Thulsa Doom man that that haunted me as a kid, mm-hmm. this sequence. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, if you see it at a certain time in your life, it's a very graphic thing to experience. Yeah. The, the very horrible death of your parents. And also, 
not being able to fully hate this guy even as a because his presence is so overwhelming you're almost in awe of him rather than right. hating him you know yeah, you know he's an evil bastard but yeah. but you're looking at him going there's something uh yeah he's very hypnotizing yeah yeah he's a charmer yeah. and a snake I'll, charmer yeah he is literally literally a snake, <laughs> snake charmer, charmer. <laughs> and a snake and, at and times snake. and yeah. we see for yeah. the first time this image that's going to become important of the two snakes facing each other mm-hmm. which conan sees and then we take all the kids off to the wheel of pain. Conan mm. handled it. Young Conan handled it like a champ, though. Yeah. No tears. You don't think he was just in shock? I think he was processing. <laughs> there might have been some scenes we didn't see that there were some tears. Well, later. fortunately, he has a long time to process. A long time when you're on the uh, on the wheel of pain. Oh, the wheel man. of pain that'll yeah. affect a person. And I'm always going like certainly what? their legs. What the? Apparently, yeah. What the fuck is this wheel for? <laughs> We're in the middle of nowhere. It's shot in Spain, by the yeah. way. They're grinding something. Yes, but you would think you would have the thing you're going to grind near the near where you grind. That's it. the no. MacGuffin. That's the MacGuffin. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what they're grinding, what they're processing there. I, I think the the wheel of pain is just there to sell you off as a slave. It just makes you stronger, so you mm, keep doing it day in day. Because by the end, it's just Conan there pushing it. Yeah, Initially, yeah. it's all the kids, and by the end, it's Conan as a as an adult pushing it. And that guy with the huge beard uh-huh. come, that looks like yeah. Tormund from from Game of Thrones oh, comes yeah, down, buys him with a high five apparently, and then takes him off as a slave. So he was the last of those kids. So they mm. probably just use him as whatever. Well, and appara- apparently, I mean. I, I would say this is such a great transition and mm-hmm. introduction into adult Conan. Yeah. yeah. It is so what you, know, you kind of see the little kids and then there are fewer kids and you see the older kids and kind of a teenager and then you see these feet with sort of these thinner legs and then you see the Conan legs. Good the our full Arnold power. Yeah. And then there's this great shot kind of top down of mm-hmm. his hair and his face looks up and there's Arnold. Yeah. That's a great reveal. And he's still is it me but is he still carrying a little bit of anger? I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course he is. He's full of rage. <laughs> but it's also a great introduction of Arnold Schwarzenegger to audiences, right? Because he had totally. been in a couple other small small parts in other films. Right. But mm-hmm. this is where we get to un- begin the process of accepting Arnold Schwarzenegger's mega movie star. And he, the fact that he's not presented in a way that's like overt, it's, it's, he's had his head down, then he looks up so that you are already looking at him before you get his face. And it's perfect. Well, and this is what we have to say is that, and Edward Pressman obviously understood this when he saw Pumping Iron, is that only Arnold can play Conan. Yeah. You know, at, at this era, and, and you know, I know there's been another Conan stuff, but, but like when he looks up, it's like, no, this is Conan. Mm-hmm. That's who this is. I think Momoa could be Conan. Okay. I don't think that was a, a good Conan <sighs> film. A but I think he actually could be it. a I good. Don't. I, I, I didn't, I couldn't see the, I love Conan. Yeah. I saw the first maybe 35 minutes of that film. The first part of that film, it, it's okay. Yeah. It's not bad. Like You have young Conan, and then you have him, and then they immediately go to Campy. They right. immediately mm-hmm. go to Cornball. And you have Momoa, who's an impo- It's kind of interesting. Momoa's a little bit similar to Schwarzenegger in the sense that not everybody's super, super familiar with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think everybody's seen Game of Thrones, but even, even that, was he on like two, two three one seasons? Season. One season. Yeah. So... You want to see more of that guy, and he does. He's super charming, like Aquaman. He's mm-hmm. already what more people are interested for Justice League. They want to see Momoa as Aquaman. He's the most interesting so far. I mean, we, the movie hasn't come out yet, right. but and he does have the look. He has that intensity yeah. to him. So I think he could be a good Conan. But uh, I think what Arnold Schwarzenegger had then was like, here's this mysterious person that 
no one's ever seen anything like him before. Right. And now no one's ever seen this larger-than-life character Conan. Well, And the thing about Arnold, and we'll talk about this throughout, is that there are obvious reasons why it doesn't make sense for him to be a movie star. Particularly at yeah. that time, mm. you know, and that the all of Hollywood or a lot of Hollywood was resistant to it. Like, mm-hmm. well, he can't. He does. He speaks with this strange accent. He's way bigger and more muscular to the level that no one had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And like, well, this can't be. That's not what movie stars are. Particularly after the seventies, where movie stars were Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro right. and Al Pacino, mm-hmm. and yeah. they weren't. Ar- Arnold is like nothing like what no. you think a movie star will be. And yet, and you see it. in I watched rewatched Pumping Iron maybe a year ago, and man, you see it in that. Is there is this charisma with Arnold that is unlike anybody else in film that I can think of. Yeah. He's just, his Arnoldness is w- fully Arnold. When he's at his best, it translates on film. Like in yeah. Predator, I think it was another, those are the two yeah. top Arnold films, Conan and Predator. And again, he had a great director in Predator right. and they brought out the very best in him. And yeah. I think he really felt suited to that role. Right. It's perfect for him. He was almost yeah. being a little bit of himself. Well, and this is the thing, like you brought up, uh, you know, the new Conan. It's like most of the time for me, it's it's the film, not the actor. Mm. You know, is that, as you say, when, when Arnold has a good director, because with James Cameron, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. That's you true. Know? I forget. Mm-hmm. Terminator, He's great. Of Someone who knows how to use him. But you you put him with so, and in with Ivan Reitman too, yeah. Uh, someone who understands how to use them and how to make a good film, mm-hmm. he'll come off well. You yeah. put him with other people, it's not going to be so good. Right. Um, okay. At the end of this montage on the Wheel of Pain, we see huge Arnold, and I have to say, apparently pushing a wheel in the same direction for fifteen years gives you a lot of definition on, mm. all over your body. Yeah, and a great suntan, a hell of a suntan. Yeah, yeah, yeah he looks good. Mm. And oh, one thing when they built the Wheel of Pain. They built it so well that it was super easy to push. Oh, that so sucks. they had to have like so in order to have Arnold look like he was pushing something, they would have there were five crew members on the other side pushing against him. Pushing against him. That makes sense <laughs> to, give it, to give him a challenge. Yeah. That's brilliant. That makes sense. So this guy comes along as you mentioned, and we're going to buy Arnold, and he, we don't tell Conan doesn't get informed of what's going to happen when he gets into this pit. No, and as a, as you're watching the movie, you feel that same thing. You're like, wait a minute, what, what are they doing with me? Yeah. You know, or right. him, you know, like you feel his like, oh, God, now what the throwing him in a cage. Yeah. I, and I would think that if I purchased the slave to be a pit fighter, that I would before I put him into the pit, say, you're going to have to fight somebody. Yeah. Well, no, he's just a, he's just spectacle. <laughs> he just like, we have in. this we have this monster and we're going to yeah. throw him in. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, we got we have we have six dogs and we're going to put these six dogs in with a bear. Mm. And we're going to watch these dogs right. tear apart this bear. It's not going to be pretty, but yeah. it's going to be a beautiful spectacle. I always thought he, they did it that way because, uh, you know, if you're buying a pit fighter, you want to know what kind of heart this pit fighter has. Right. And he does, you know, get his butt kicked at the beginning, which I think is brilliant yeah. at the beginning of it. And then he, he, he just figures it out. It isn't some kind of con- like really incredible movie. Isn't some kind of martial artist all of a sudden. No. He just grabs the hand, pull it around, no, smashes it, really breaks the arm, yeah. throws the head into the wall, and then does this incredible uppercut. Yeah. Would have taken my head off yeah. and finished the guy off. And it's it's immediately puts you into this whole thing of like, okay, so this is going to be this kind of vibe, this kind of film. It's going to be this kind of right. vibe. Yeah, um, I have a cage story. You do a horrible cage what, story. What? <laughs> Where you get thrown into a thing. Please share it with the cinephile audience. This is going to be a three-hour episode. So when I was a little kid, my dad... Wait a minute. Yeah, (laughs) I think I told you this story before. You've heard it. No, I know the story. So when I I saw the cage thing with Conan, it all kind of came back to me. But he's not in a cage. He's in a pit. He's in a pit. But he's thrown in there with a a person who wants to take his head off. Who shaved his teeth down, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) So my sister was being born. 
my dad, who's, you know, he's a great, great dad. But back back then, dads weren't like these loving, you know, homemakers. So yeah. he's been watching me for like a week while my mom's in the hospital. How old were you again? He was three. Okay. My son's age right now, oh, which is God. terrifying. So he goes, oh, I'll take my son to Cole's Farm in Cleveland, Ohio. And it's, it's not in Cleveland, like, you know, smog and, and buildings. It's a little bit outside of Cleveland. And it's a working farm, but they have a petting zoo. So they have all these different little stations where you can go and look at the animals. And it's nice. I took it's my a kid wonderful to a little zoo. place. Sure. And we used to go there all the time as a kid. We go by this turkey pen. <laughs> and as a three-year-old, a turkey is about the size of an ostrich to you and I. Sure. And I've never seen anything like this. And they're, they're ugly beasts. They and really I'm terrified are. by this thing. And loud. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. This is a hideous and monster. This is like a wild turkey. This, well, it's a... It's a farm turkey i don't okay. think i was terribly wild um do turkeys lay eggs does the farmer have turkey eggs for sale i don't, do, I don't do know. turkeys do lay eggs yes they? they probably don't okay. i've never had a turkey egg i've never had a turkey egg we drink ourselves a little i bit. might we might we, yeah <laughs> anyhow so so he my father notices i'm afraid of this turkey and he's and he notices that he breaks off a branch from a tree oh shit hands it to me places me in the cage with a turkey what and i'm three years old mind you or three and a half and he says, every time that turkey comes at you, you hit him with a stick. And I'm like processing this. I'm like, what the? Am I in, a, am I in this cage with this monster now? This is amazing. This is a, it was a horrible moment. So the turkey, is not used to this either, comes over and kind of is investigating. My dad's like, hit it, hit it. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm a three-year-old. How hard am I going to hit this thing at first? You know, I'm not going to like take its head off. And even if I hit it as hard as I can, it's not like the turkey's going to be like that camel later in the Conan film right. out cold. So I hit, <laughs> I hit the, I hit the Turkey and the Turkey's kind of confused by it and moves back and then starts circling around and then comes in a little bit faster. And he's like, hit it. And so this happened like about three times. Finally, the Turkey is like, I'm just going to disembowel this kid. So he starts coming at me. My dad jumps in with his stick, grabs the stick out of my hand, starts beating this Turkey senseless around the corner comes farmer Cole. Oh my gosh. And, and, I don't necessarily remember what kind of happened there. He wasn't happy about it. We got kicked out of Cole's farm, never to return. But um, so when I saw the Conan film, yeah. Conan is thrown into this pit with, you know, I'm like, Conan's kind of a nice guy. He was just a kid, you know, 10 yeah, minutes ago. Like, he just lost his mommy. Yeah. You know, and now he's, now he's got this guy with shaved teeth. This guy seems kind of mean. Yeah. Much like a turkey would. Yeah. yeah. So, so by the way, so <laughs> This is the first time you're hearing this story. You never heard this, John? <laughs> Sorry. This is the greatest story I've ever heard. Yeah, what a dad. Oh, my Super God. dad. Yeah, I'm going to teach like a boy named Sue. It's like the dad from the boy named Sue. Yeah. Johnny Cash. Oh it's a horrible, it's a horrible, I would never, and I have a son. Yes. Never in a million years would I do this to my son. Your like, sometimes would... we follow the same patterns, like, oh, you know what? I'm going to forgotta find a turkey pen, Elena. Yeah. We got to. We got to take the boy to a petting zoo real soon. Your wife would cut your head off. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way. I love this kid. Um, and this is why I wanted to have him on the podcast. Um, so we and, toughened the kids up back then. And you know what? If your dad had kept you in multiple uh, cages with if multiple kept, animals, you would have improved much like Conan did. <laughs> if this kept reoccurring, yeah, I might be a pro nice wrestler. Segment. Nice segue. Um, because now we go into the montage of Conan getting better yeah. and better and better in these in these pit fights, and he is kicking some ass with some mm-hmm. different kinds of weapons and uh starts to enjoy it starts to enjoy it and, and it's funny so we have to mention which might come up more than once the Melius schwarzenegger uh commentary track oh. 
So Gold. I, as, as most people know, I usually listen. If there's a commentary track, I'll listen to it. And my mm. goal is to learn things about the making of the film, the thought process of the artists that were involved. Sure. There's almost nothing in this. No, the commentary. <laughs> they know a great deal about some of the female actresses that yeah. portrayed some of these characters. It's it's you do get backstory on that. It's two guys who sound pretty high. Yeah, they the, could. They could. They be. could be high, <laughs> and they're just like watching the movie, <laughs> loving it, loving it. And Arnold and I cannot do an Arnold accent, and I will not try to do one. But he's basically saying, <laughs> "Oh, this is when I punch the guy. Oh, and now I go, yeah. now I go ah, <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all just a play by play. Yeah. He's just remembering doing the movie the and remembering what he did in it. Here, here's the hypnotizing that he does. Look at it. She's totally hypnotized." Then she separates her neck. Here's the guy that buys me now. Then I break his arm. Right. Just the pounding him with the head and yeah. then breaking his head. Now I'm enjoying it already. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. That's funny. He was laughing. He didn't laugh long. Because no. he probably hasn't seen the movie no. as many times as we have. He's probably right. seen it maybe, maybe ten times in his life. If. If. He's too busy living life and yeah. making the next film and, and doing whatever Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. does to sit around at home watching a movie. But the fact that Milius doesn't even direct him into yeah. how to do the commentary just goes <laughs> no, along Milius with him. doing, doing the, much the same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's doing the exact same thing. So it's like you're just watching two dudes just watch the film with you. It's basically that. It's not yeah. even a commentary yeah. track, really. Yeah, I, I would either highly recommend or completely not recommend this commentary track, <laughs> depending on what you're that's, interested that's in. That's a good point. I, I would say get yeah. high and watch the commentary that's track. True. That's true. That's the way to enjoy That's it. the way to do it. Uh, at the end of this montage, he ends up with this great martial arts instructor. Mm -hmm. And I do like one of the things Milius does is he uses kind of iconography from different cultures so there's some viking stuff there's some asian stuff there's some african stuff and he's kind of putting it all together in this sort of prehistorical conan world which i really like a lot so we see conan training we see him with a with a sword practicing arnold moves really pretty well yeah yeah i mean he's not like a great martial artist but he can move he took some ballet classes sure he knows how to move it's in, in pumpkin iron doesn't <laughs> yeah. he take ballet in pumpkin iron? <laughs> which is a great yeah. scene they bring him a woman of course, and yes. spoils of spoils of victory. Yeah, this is a classic sort of save the cat moment where they kind of strip her naked and put her in, and she's afraid, and he wraps her in a cloak. He's a, he's a gentle lover, very gentle. Apparently, that actress was genuinely frightened in this scene. This is wow. one of the few tidbits I got. <laughs> oh from the wow, yeah, of course, this is a massive man. She, yeah, well, and and she didn't because uh, I don't think she spoke a lot of English and Arnold chose not to talk to her and glower at her yeah. while like lifting weights right before the scene so she, she was scared when <laughs> she walked into the space yeah. uh, and then we get the great moment where Arnold is sitting on a dais and someone asks what is best in life oh god I never can remember this line though. what no I'm kidding come on oh my god <laughs> Do, would you like to tell us oh they, what is best in life what is, is best in uh, life I can't remember. To cross your enemies. Yeah, See them driven before you. Yeah. And to hear the lamentations of the women. Of women. Yeah. That, this is cross your enemies. And then everyone's nodding. Yes. Yeah. That is what's better. Yeah. The lamentation of the women. So this is. This Wait, what is, does the other guy say first? There's a few. Yeah, I, he, I forget. The first guy, well, the guys, when the scene starts, the guy is like, I don't know if my children will ever understand yeah, me. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> like, yeah. He's having this existential moment. Yeah, they're, all, they're all drunk on <laughs> yeah, mead. Right. And then Conan's just sitting there like a champ. On top of the table, yeah, yeah, which is amazing. He's like a specimen. He's like the, the yeah. art piece that they brought. That's really what it yeah. is. And by yeah. the way, uh, I should point out that this is actually from a Genghis Khan quote. Oh, oh it really? is. Yeah, the oh, so it's probably the most famous 
it's, 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 it's almost like I'll be back. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's that famous Previous of a line. Previous to like I'll be back in Asa yeah. La Vista baby yeah. or whatever. This is the big one. The Genghis Khan quote is, the greatest happiness is to scatter your enemy, to drive him before you, oh. to see his cities reduced to ashes, to see those who love him shrouded in tears, and to gather to, into your bosom his wives and daughters. My God, I think I found my new slogan for the Shmodan. <laughs> yeah. <has> the outlaw. <laughs> yeah. change completely. Well, Especially, it's, it's perfect for these times. You know, yeah. this, oh, this day and age. Jeez, wow. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> sorry to bring so you down Jesus, there, Steve. Dan. So sorry. finally, the uh, our our red bearded guy releases mm-hmm. Conan, who immediately gets chased by wolves. And let Love me ask that. you something. Let me ask you something, Did, Steve. Do do you think he released him? Was he drunk? Was this a I moment? Think he was drunk. Was this a moment of like sympathy or pity for Conan, or did he feel like this is 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 this the kind of way they raised him back in the old days? Was like when you're ready to become a man, I set you free so you can go, and I push you out there to survive in the wild to, to my, prove. My feeling has always been the former that okay. that it was he was drunk and he's come to love and care about this guy, and he says, "No, no, I can't keep you a slave anymore. You have to go be free." Yeah. That's always been my feeling. Okay, Conan wasn't. He's was kind of mixed feelings about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he tries to run back like a dog would, right? Mm-hmm. He's trying to kick out a dog. Yeah. He's essentially a pet for him. Right, he tried to kick him out. It's weird. Well, what's yeah. interesting about this movie is, in its strange Conan-y, Milius Arnold way, it's a coming of age story. It's absolutely, a you know, of age it's story. that here's this person who has this childhood trauma, who has this upbringing that is totally devoid of human contact or mm-hmm. understanding of what's going on in the world, who then goes into this lifestyle, which is. Just what is the next fight and finds love for that, but still doesn't know anything. And now he's essentially released into the wild as still a child, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get this moment, which is, you know, a really obviously key moment. He climbs up this rock to escape the wolves, falls down into the thing where apparently he really did hurt himself. Yeah, you can hear it in the... Got stitches for the first time. You can even go, God damn it! <laughs> well, at least it isn't a squeal. No, it isn't. If that, they, they wouldn't put that into the deleted scenes. <laughs> yeah. His squeals in the pit are interesting. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. I, yeah, I wrote a note They're on it. so Did good. You? The Arnold, we call that efforts. Yes. So you have to come in and record efforts. And it's a weird job where you have to like come in six months after you shoot a movie and go, uh, huh, 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 ah! Yeah. You know, like just to match up with stuff. Um, yeah, it's a very, very strange thing to do, and Arnold's are just the best. They're Guttural, yeah. they're just, you know. They're just Arnold. Just wild. But what's nice about that, it, they aren't measured, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is, when this guy's in the moment of battle, this is what's, this is, what this is the raw shit that's coming out, yeah. you know. Yeah, so he's down in this cave and discovers this giant general skeleton king thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got a sword. takes the sword and this is a key moment or Conan takes the sword somehow breaks off the crusting of rock Mm -hmm. climbs back up the the skeleton collapses down almost like it's attacking him climbs back up to the top with one easy shot knocks the the manacle off his ankle Mm -hmm. and then it's like all right wolves he's really thrilled he's like okay now now we got an easy uh and cut to, he's... He's wearing the pelts. He's wearing the pelts of all the wolves. <laughs> so great. This is... Now we're into Conan. Like, yeah. This is what, this is what it's going to be about. And uh, now he meets this uh, witch lady. Oh, yeah. That was interesting for me as a 14-year-old yeah, boy. Yeah. I mean, we, we have to say that 
in the age that we grew up, <laughs> when you found nudity, female yeah. nudity, it was really special. It was very special. For and us. This one was a little terrifying. I mean, she was very sexy oh, but terrifying. Terrifying and sexy. Well, that's you know sometimes she it didn't is. Even, <laughs> at that point, she doesn't even have the uh, fangs and the, uh, the crazy no, eyes. No, like, she's already trouble. Yeah. You know that this woman's going to be trouble. Yeah. And she makes an exchange of, I'll give you some information about your snake guys you're mm-hmm. trying to chase. It ex- a, a nice meal. You know, a nice meal, something warm. Yeah. Warm fire. Right. Warm fire and very warm fire because she, in the midst of their coupling, she turns into some sort of demon, wolf, witch, fanged, mm. crazy creature and Conan throws her into the fire. Right. Yeah. But what's interesting about this too is that she speaks of a prophecy. Right, she says yeah. you were you were prophesied to come a, a very strong man from the north. So there's mm. something uh, there's it's a callback to this idea of the old school Conan stories yeah. that he is a he's, he's, a, a, he's a destiny, he's, yeah, he's a, a destiny, yeah. and so you see that. And yeah, she's crazy, and sometimes yeah, you're gonna have sex with crazy women. It just happens, you know. Once or and twice, so, and you see that. Fle- and, but then she becomes this like entity that's so maybe she was there to serve the purpose because she says he says Krom, which is which we haven't talked about yet. Nope. Mm-hmm. His father tells him who Krom is. That it's this god of the earth. And so he spe- he spends the whole movie kind of figuring out who Krom is amidst all this whole thing of this snake cult. This is very mm. interesting. And, and whenever he sees something he doesn't understand that he feels it was for him, he says, Krom. You know, it just, mm. it's very interesting. Well, and Krom, to me, and you could speak much more about this, I'm sure, because you, you, you... I say it a lot. <laughs> um, is that of all the gods in all of the literature and fantasy yeah, yeah. novels and real mythologies and all those things... Krom is like the most enigmatic and mysterious because it's like, okay, there's this God who basically doesn't really give a shit about you at all. And he's very strong and very powerful, but he will do nothing to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and yet he's very connected to Conan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a fascinating. It is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's not a warm, caring God. No. No. He's not even a hateful God. No. He's just indifferent and powerful. Yeah. Which will find out almost in the yeah. next scene yeah well he, so so conan goes off traveling everyone he, we, we run everywhere we go no one is in such well, no, well, he, he comes out of that and then out of that the next morning so he stayed in the hut right right comes out the next morning tired. And, and homie is tied up in chains asking yeah. for food what's his yeah. name uh he's a surfer subatai subatai yeah. his name's jerry lopez and yeah he's a surfer mm-hmm. yeah and apparently the story is is that milius is doing casting and everyone they're bringing in for casting so so milius is a big surfer he knows jerry mm-hmm. lopez mm-hmm. and everyone they bring in for casting looks a lot like jerry lopez and he says, well, why don't we just cast Jerry Lopez? <laughs> yeah. Which they do. That's how he gets in the movie. And he's great. great. He's great. He's a great mm-hmm. buddy. Yeah. He's a great buddy, and he's, he's formidable. You yeah. never look, at, yeah. you never look at him next to Conan and say, this is a formidable person who can mm-hmm. take care of himself with a bow and arrow. He does. Clearly knows his stuff. And right. he, he and Subotai go off running. We go to one sort of walled village. We go to another walled village. And actually, was... right, I have to mention this. While they're running is the first, first time you really start hearing this the soundtrack yeah and the soundtrack of Conan is so epic it's Basil Polidaris yeah Yeah. so I mean then you hear this music and you go this is a rollicking tale like Mm -hmm. there's there's something there's there's some real serious serious direction with the music and yeah i think what milius does with his ed with the editor with the music is he finds the moments of silence which is mm-hmm. really effective and the moments to increase 
that kind of yeah. thing. Like, there's so many different elements to the score. The score we hear at the beginning of the movie only comes back sporadically through the rest of the movie, and and there's other score that happens. But all of that lets you feel like it's kind of an epic movie. Yeah, Even the score yeah. is epic itself. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that again, was the first yeah. the first soundtrack I played in that that car. Which, oh, really? is, which is named Mitra, which is another, ah. you know, Conan goes, buy Mitra's sacred girdle, I'll... <laughs> you never hear what he'll do. No, no. But do I named the car Mitra. Nice. And, of course, the first thing that has to be played on stereo is the Conan soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. And it goes to what we were saying before of that. This is not treated like light, light stuff. This yeah. is treated mm-hmm. like, no, Conan is serious. Mm-hmm. We have serious music. We're taking time with our characters. Uh, they show up at another, uh, you know, kind of one sort of, walled city to another one mm-hmm. they get high on some black lotus whatever that is yeah sounds like good stuff conan punches out a camel as one does right. sure look apparently they spit he's they, drunk know. yeah he's drunk and now we hear we see this tower and that there's the snake cult there and there's some so basically that was based that... on the, the tower of the elephant by robert e howard oh. that was that was oh. that thing where and um that's like climbing the, up. early that's an early story yeah. right yeah, um, and uh, just as they're about to break into this tower, who do they run into? But Valeria. Yeah. yeah. The great Sandal Bergman. Yeah. Who is essentially, I guess, the Red Sonia of this thing, and they're not doing Red Sonia, mm-hmm. but... She's great. Yeah. And what I had totally forgotten is that she's all that jazz. Yes. She is in the uh, air erotica dance sequence. Mm-hmm. She's an um, unbelievable dancer. And great she, legs. Great, yes. And she... She kills it in this movie. She's, she's fantastic so in this yeah. film. And she moves great. Obviously, she's a dancer. They create a quick partnership. Great intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great intensity. They climb up this tower together. They go in. They don't have much of a plan. No. <laughs> no. Con- They're just going to steal shit. not so much steal planning. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she kind of dresses up as one of the the priestesses in the ceremony. Mm-hmm. We see one of our two big guys that are Thulsa Doom's henchmen, whose yeah. name is Bill. What's his name? Paxton? Uh, ben. Ben Paxton. Davidson. Paxton. Bill Paxton. No. It's not obvious. <laughs> ben Davidson. Um, and um, there is a very big snake. Yeah. That's asleep. That's amazing work by them, by the way. Yeah. Uh, whoever especially, does especially if you're looking at those movies from that time period yeah. to see something that, that actually looks pretty real. Yeah. You know, even by today's standards. That's what's amazing about the film. There's no CGI, hardly any CGI no. in the film. No, there's no there's, CGI. Well, there, is, the, there is a the, little, I mean, you can't no, call it no. computer generated. There's computer, no CGI. Sorry, computer generated yeah. effects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's the is old, there, the only, the, when, the, when the witch goes like all that kind of. No, but, not CGI. No, that's real. When, she's, real. When, when he's looking out and it goes, and it's outside the tent, that's. Are you talking about when, when. They're reviving Conan later in the movie. No, no, no. I'm talking. Well, there's that too. The little demons that show up. What is all that? That's all hand hand animated. Okay, so they must be hand animated too, because when it's in the hut, yes, the things are the practical effects, obviously. But when he looks out and she's still laughing as she goes away outside the hut, that I guess is probably the same thing as those spirits. That's a man dressed up in a black costume with a sparkler. Running, isn't it? Isn't that how they did that? I think. Look, no. I, I trust you. You're the urban no. barbarian. I'm sure the, the commentary's like, that's Steve Dell with the sparklers. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and the snake, but they have two snakes. They have a mechanical snake, and then they have a like a rubber snake. Yeah, mechanical snake didn't really work, so it's almost all rubber snake with wow. guys kind of behind, sort of. Oh, really? It's wow. really well done. Um, it's really well done. Snakes asleep, and just they steal the jewels pretty easily. A drop of sweat hits the snake. Oh, snake wipes up. Mistake. He's Arnold's fighting the snake. Man, the people doing the ceremony upstairs 
really unaware that there's well, a When you have a, a beautiful naked woman who's about to kill herself in honor of Thulsa Doom, yeah, yeah. you're more interested in like the last glimpses of this yeah. beautiful thing before it becomes... When you're doing the group meditation thing, yeah. it's, it's really, point. really tough. I, I mean, have you ever been in a yoga class? Yes, I have. Okay. Then same thing. Exact mm-hmm. same thing. Um, so, uh, Valeria has to fight her way out. She has sort of the best move in this, which is tying the guy to the rope, cutting the rope, Going yeah. up the rope. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's a great move when you can achieve that. Yeah. If that's available to you at any point in time in your <laughs> yeah. life, and you get to hang someone and escape yeah. at the same time, very clever. I keep do waiting it. for it. It hasn't come up. Oh, it might. Um, I, hey, I'm, I'm available to do yeah. the stunt if it happens. Um, and then we get to the, do you want to live forever? And she leads the jump off into the pool. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. I like you. Um, <laughs> I know I like you. I know I'm crazy about you already. Well, and speaking of which, yeah. then we go into a really lovely, kind of lovey, sexy montage yeah. with the two of them. Mm-hmm. Which, which is- ends a little bit slapsticky. That's my only... <laughs> Oh, with it, when they're with drunk? It, and when he's drunk and he, his head goes into the porridge or whatever oh, yeah. it is, as a slop. Well, that whole thing is really interesting because, yeah, she's a beautiful woman, but she's taking the lead in every situation, right? She's the one who goes, yeah. you, you idiots don't, well, have, she's any, been you around. don't even have rope. Conan's been, Conan's been going around a, a wheel right, his whole life. Right. So she's smarter and she's, like, throws, she's got the rope. She's the yeah. one that jumps out, jumps yeah. down first, uh, through the, climbs down first through the ropes. She's the one that sends them downstairs while she figures out what's there. And then she's the one that jumps off the castle first. And then when they uh, get there, Conan, when they have that moment of connection, because she's reaching for the large ruby and he stops her hand and he gives it to her. And that's like his like kind of emotionally stunted way of saying, I like you. And it's even primal that he doesn't understand how to say it. He just grabs the ruby and gives it to her as a Mm -hmm. way of saying, I care about you. And she takes it, receives it. And that leads us into the sex scene, which is great. Well, and it's a romance. Is, well, it's a romance. I mean, that was beautiful, and, John. And John, I fucking know John, that was beautiful. <laughs> well, <I'm just> saying. <laughs> well, and this is what's, what I is really it. interesting about the movie is because it starts with saying Conan is basically going to become king. Yeah. Is that this coming of age story at this point in his life, he's not that smart. No. He doesn't understand how the world works. He doesn't in, in that. But what we're saying is, is that and Valeria is way ahead of him in every way. Mm-hmm. But what we're saying is, is that he's going to become this person later on, which still makes me wish that we could do... You know, my first Conan story was an old man Conan story. I would still write an old man Conan story for Arnold right now. Yeah. Well, I, I, I might know a little thing or two oh, yeah. Yeah. About, about that, but yeah. I don't know if we can talk about it. Well, it's, it's on IMDb in pre-production. Oh, yeah. oh, it okay. says King Conan in right. pre-production. Right. Right. No, I, so I'm out. And he said two days ago that, he, that they're going to start shooting next year. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, as you say, uh, he passes out. Some uh, guards come in. They grab him and they take him into the presence of the king, oh, Max von Sydow. You know what you've done? Why, Rexar himself has come before me. Threatened me, the king. What daring! What outrageousness! What insolence! What arrogance! I salute you. <laughs> Another great, great actor. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here you got the cast of uh, great, great actors. And much like James Earl Jones, he's not phoning it in. No, no. he goes full on. God, it's fantastic. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, because th- these are the stories from their youths, right? They, right. What, they read this stuff. Point. They were into this stuff. This was probably what got them into enjoying. No, it's a very believable story. Too. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, his, like, and you go, oh, I sympathize with this king, mm-hmm. like. He's got all this gold. He has all these riches, but at the end, all he wants is the love of his of his That's daughter nice. and, it's and her safety. And, and uh, his daughter is a maniac. 
<laughs> and, and, this is, and this is perfectly set at the time that it's set. What, 1981, 82, when this is yeah, written? We're out, just yeah. coming out of the 60s and 70s where cults were huge, the flower movement, mm-hmm. all of that. So this makes sense for an audience that's watching it at that yeah, time. And even more cult. so now, we've seen some numerous cults. We're probably scared of, like, I don't want my daughter to right, a cult. Right, right. It's something no, you can happen. relate to. Yeah. Well, because it's post Jim Jones. Yes. You know, yeah. and, the, and the massacre, which is... 78 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something in, like that? In Guyana, is that in right? Guyana. Sponsored by the Kool-Aid Corporation. <laughs> I don't right? think that's what... Damn. No, they weren't sponsored. I don't that? think they were okay, sponsored. That's misinformation. Damn it, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe anything that comes out. Please edit that out. That's a lie. <laughs> um, uh, and something, this is just a tidbit for you, John, is that... Oh, you know yeah, who, you did. Do you know who was originally cast to play the Max von Sydow part? Was it John Hewson? No. It was probably something we've brought up over and over again. Who has been like? There's been multiple movies where this person was supposed to be in it. Sterling Hayden. Really? Yeah. Oh, that wouldn't have worked at all. No. I love Max von Sydow because he also he yeah. plays Ming in Flash Gordon. He understood oh, right. what these films were trying to yeah. do at that time. Yeah. And so he's so great as the Ming king. the merciless. I mean, when he's like pouring the, I have more than the, I have so much to take it all. Yeah. Just bring my daughter nothing. back to me. And by the way, that's a great gig for like the the gig of you're going to come in for a day or two. Yeah. You're going to just steal the show and then you get to go home. Yep. That's a really good gig. And show up late, years later in Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. man. That guy, that guy's amazing. And Star Wars. So, uh he says you got to go save my daughter the princess and I'll give you jewels and riches and anything you want. And now we have this conversation and Valeria is not into it. No. No. I don't want to do it. Sounds dangerous. Sounds yeah. Sounds I love like... danger but and I and I don't yeah. want to live forever necessarily. However, things are nice here. Well, it was easy when you had nothing to lose. Yeah. No, she says that the key is what she says to him. She says, I've never had so much in my entire life at one moment. Right. And I've, I've spent so much of my life alone. I've walked through by huts where I see people holding each other for warmth. And I've never had that. And I don't want to lose that. Which is, of course, foreshadowing about what's going to happen yeah, to the rest of the movie. She, she screwed herself it, right there. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> so, so Conan goes alone. He yeah. sees, I think he sees that symbol. Yes, Remember, yes. I think that's what really clinches yeah. it for him. It's yeah, like the snake pit. Like yeah. that's a great story, Grandpa. But guess what? I need that snake dude. Yeah. Right. And it ends up that this is the snake dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he goes off on a journey trying to find the snake cult. Ends up at this weird, not Stonehenge, but old sort of ruins. And there we meet uh, who he's voice we've heard throughout the film, Mako. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his performance is great. Yeah. It's, it's the, the old crazy screwball wizard. wizard. Yeah. And it's, it's continually between. You, you question like, whether he has magic powers exactly, or not. You're exactly. You're like, oh, all right, this guy's a, you know, obviously a lunatic, yeah, but can right. he really perform any sort of magic? Um, and uh, Conan gets a camel, dresses up as sort of a supplicant mm-hmm. and with some flowers. Yeah. And sure. heads off to this Very convincing. cult. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, as you said, this is the, kind of the time of the mm-hmm, cults. Mm-hmm. And Conan plays a very naive, peaceful guy and gets to a priest. (laughs) Which these are these small, like little uh, jabs at religion, at cults Mm. that Milius is throwing in the script. The fact that you can tell that that's a homosexual moment, that the guy's like, Conan's all sheepish and shy. Can we go someplace where no one can see us? This guy's going to take advantage. Of course, he's going to take advantage, which is what he's saying, that these people in these positions of power in cults and religion sometimes take advantage of the people who are weaker or low self-esteem. Yeah, for their own personal, exactly. And you see that, and Conan and kicks the shit out of this guy. Yep. Yeah, this gets poor guy. Gets Actually, I don't think we see much of it. He just, I think he has no, a gut punch, almost, right? Yeah, gut, gut punch, punch and a yeah. boom, yeah. hit on the back yeah. of the head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and now Cohen's in his in the priestly robes. <laughs> yeah, and he's 
He's not doing a great so, job blending in. So out of place. Yeah. And it's yeah. perfect. It's, pra- it's yeah. played for comedic, believable comedic yeah. moments. His like inability to do the, the yeah. salutes, the snake salute is yeah. just brilliant. Yep. And he sort of, and now we have the big processional leading up to the big set, which is a huge set, by the yeah, way. Huge, phenomenal. huge outdoor yeah. set. And uh, there are 1,500 extras in this shot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of. This is exactly the kind of thing no one would do today because you just get CGI. Where did he get the money for? Like, how did who was like, yes, let's give this thing. We're gonna make millions off this. Like, it's I don't know where Dino De Laurentiis gets money. Probably foreign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good point, but, Steve. Hmm. But yeah, they they got enough. Best not to ask. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Um, I'll and, make a Kool Aid joke, but I'm not going down that lane. <laughs> and uh, in comes Tulsa Doom. Oh man. And Conan almost immediately gets captured. Yeah, he loses he loses his character right away. He's like he forgets any sort of real plan. Yeah. Well, because of the, the because he stupidly gives the the uh, snake symbol to the guard. The guard yeah. figures out that's the snake symbol that was stolen from the other temple. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. then they come up with the two henchmen. They sneak up behind him and they go heretic, heretic, uh-huh. and they and drag him away. And uh, we get this sort of interrogation where he's getting the shit kicked out of him by. Uh, Ben Davidson and Sven Old Thorson, yeah. who are both. And one of the things that I think that Milius was right is like, if we have people that are going to be bad guys to Conan, they all have to be basically giants. Mm-hmm. That was a big problem in Conan in the TV series. They picked the biggest yes, bodybuilder in the world yeah. at the time. I don't know if he is now. Maybe the mountain, uh, mountain, the mountain, the guy who plays the mountain necessarily isn't a bodybuilder. He's the world's strongest man. Yeah. But they picked the biggest bodybuilder. And so when you have the biggest guy. Who's who, you, nope, you're yeah. never going to feel sympathetic to this guy yeah. fighting somebody else, right. or like who's who's going to oppose? You want the underdog to win, so yeah. And th- these guys are both huge, big mm-hmm. fellows, um, big and, hammer. Yep, I love the hammer. And again, James I picked Old up the Jr. hammer. By the way, that hammer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is it heavy? Um, it must be light. It's a little unwieldy. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was. It was fairly heavy. I'm sure it um, was. David Mandel is a big comic book collector and um he also has a lot of movie uh memorabilia and he's he's one of the um like uh curb your enthusiasm and seinfeld mm-hmm. guys and but he's he has one of the very best comic book collections but he also has conan sword wow one of the real ones i mean I, there were several of them but he also has a hammer so Man. wow that's cool i got to pick it up i was, I was thrilled i'm sure he's like yeah pick it up fool there's like everything in his he's got one he has his old bachelor pad is just now his warehouse of just stuff awesome things that that is like every frank miller page that you loved you walk in oh there it is oh is that another jack an entire jack kirby issue of fantastic four i mean everything it's an amazing place to to visit i can't imagine and i can't imagine both the time and the money it takes to do something like that. I mean, that's his... That's a life's work. It is. And, I, and he is just like... Ah, it's a beautiful thing to visit. <laughs> yeah, anytime I get a chance to visit visit that place... I'm sure. Like, he'll just... He lives he lives up the hill, but he'll, he'll come down. And for some comic book people that are begging to see all these, you know, masterpieces. Wow. Wow. And all this movie memorabilia. So, yeah. sorry. But, yeah, I was, I was very thrilled when I picked up that hammer. Yeah. Um, James Earl Jones comes in. And once again, he kills it in this scene. Yeah. There was a time, boy, when I searched for steel. And steel meant more to me than gold or jewels. The riddle of steel. Yes. You know what it is, don't you, boy? Shall I tell you? It's the least I can do. Steel isn't strong, boy. Flesh 
is stronger. The intensity and the power and the gentleness of how he does it. Yeah, it's great. And even the, even the henchmen, like you said, yeah. they're not like dishing out like their punishment or they're a little bit disgusted. Like, don't you get it, you fool? Yeah. Don't you understand? Like, this is not the way. Flesh is the way. Yeah, well, you know. it's interesting because Milius, this is Milius kind of shoehorning the Jesus story into this, into this like, first this sequence where he's getting beat up, right? Mm-hmm. And he's getting, this is essentially the Pontius Pilate being tortured scene. And then he gets he gets put to the tree of woe and crucified. Like, mm-hmm. these, these are just, he's shoehorning crucify these two things. Him. Yeah, crucify him. But when he walks in, James Earl Jones immediately has that power. Because he just has that voice, right? And, that, and it's shot from below, which is brilliant to make him look huge. Mm-hmm. And he just says, I wish to speak to you now. And yeah. that's like, whoa, shit. And then he has this exchange with him. And Arnold says to him, like, you killed my family. You, you killed, killed my, my mother. mother. My people. You know, this kind of shit. And it's believable. He looks like he's gotten his ass kicked. He's bloody like crazy. And it's great between the two guys and Arnold. Like, they, they obviously worked out movements to make it look mm-hmm. like he's subservient and beaten to a pulp. And James Earl Jones says, oh, yes, I remember those days. It must have been in my youth. Mm-hmm. And he talks about steel. And then he talks about the power of the flesh. And he shows that woman jumping off to show the power of the flesh. That is strength, boy. That is power. The strength and power of flesh. What is steel compared to the hand that wields it? And that's so interesting because it yeah. is. The cult leaders aren't just born overnight. They progress into their power as more and more people gravitate to their conversations and their speeches. It's well, interesting. And he lays out this idea, which comes back again later, which yeah. is, Look at the strength of your body, the desire in your heart. I gave you this. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that he is that if, if he hadn't come and killed his whole family, Conan isn't who Conan is. And it's true. And even as a young kid, you're watching that. You're going, he's got a point. Yeah. What I didn't agree with him <laughs> was like flesh is stronger. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm sold on steel already. Right. <laughs> that's you. You did create Conan. Like there would. But flesh is not stronger than steel. Don't don't. I've already purchase the steel <laughs> like, you're not selling me this new thing i bought the riddle of the steel give me yeah. the riddle of the flesh I, yeah, let me enjoy the... this now it's flesh <laughs> what i Come can on. i can deal with one deep line in a yeah. film that's it yeah so um, it's leather tomorrow and then what we the get fuck? to this uh contemplate this on the tree of woe oh man God, a lot of contemplation there. I had forgotten that they actually cruised. They actually put nails through his wrists. I had just never <laughs> conceived of this. Like I thought they just tied him you don't there mean that they to actually die. Put nails no, no, no. no but I mean, wrists. you see the nails. <laughs> you through. said it, though, John. <laughs> yeah. You can't see this, but John is like showing nails going through his, his own wrists. I'm like, wow. I can't believe Schwarzenegger let him put yeah. nails through. No, no, he was dedicated. He's, he's a method, method actor. actor. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you got to be successful, but no, no, I just forgot that they had put nails through Conan's wrists. I thought they had just strapped him there. Yeah, that's why. Had such a hard time like learning how to use the sword again. Yes. Like, his grip, his grip was a little off. Some things you don't um, catch when you've watched it yeah. five million times. You Sometimes know? you just um, don't want to see it, John. Yeah, that's true. And then yeah. as he's literally dying on this tree, Buzzard comes up. Yeah, and he with his last little bit of strength bites and kills <laughs> that. That's awesome. I did a profit cover for Image Comics like when I was in my my twenties, and it has Profit who has long hair and surprisingly mm-hmm. looks a lot like Conan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got he's he's tied to a tree similar and there's buzzards all over him so that was my homage to nice. that moment nice and uh and then there's this moment where you have the great music and Subutai comes over the hill and then thank goodness for him Subutai sort of disappears and i was always confused by this did conan die or did he almost die I think he's he's right there in that coma stage yes he's, he's really in and out yes i think he's right there and he, he sees Sub, but 
then he's delirious, so he doesn't yeah, know right. it's true. Got, since we're looking from his vantage point, it makes sense to have Subutai disappear mm-hmm. after he thinks he sees. And that devilish laugh of his, the maniacal laugh. That yeah. he's, like, like, just I'm going to have my revenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so we go back to Mako, and we have Valeria, and we're going to do a ceremony to bring him back to life. Yeah. And they're draw- I love all the drawing all oh, over his, so cool. his face. It's really cool. Yeah. And the, you know what, what it looks like? It looks like that... Uh, Graffiti artist who does all the work here. I don't Have know. You ever seen all the, what? What's his name? Is it Banksy or is somebody? No, else? no, no. Banksy. This is a guy who does. It's just calligraphy. Oh, okay. And you'll you'll see it around L.A. Mm. And someone will write in or something. But he's yeah. a famous guy. Now you'll look and you'll go, "Oh my god, that's so reminiscent of all the." Uh, it's another person inspired by this movie, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and uh, and Mako says that there's going to be some price. And Valeria's like, well, I'm going to pay it. And then we have, as we talked about before, this sequence of these sort of animated ghost spectral figures that Valeria's fighting off. And Conan's back. Thank goodness. Which was a great sequence to have them jumping. Like, I'm sure that's all practical effects, obviously. But, like, I'm sure there's, like, crew members yanking the rope. And yeah, poor Sandals bounding. Going, poor Sandals going over each side, like, falling yeah. on her head, rolling around. And Sue, the character, the actor playing Sue, Jerry Lopez, is, like, holding on for dear life. It's a very po- believable effect. They, you know? they, it works really well. Yeah. You know, and we said this before, is that when effects are well designed, even when the technologies might be a little out of date, they still look pretty cool. Yeah. And, and the thing, too, is that it's really matched well, particularly with Valeria's movements, to look... Because this is just a person who's just swinging their arms yeah, in yeah, you yeah. Know, space. Um, so Conan's back. We have this really great sequence on the beach where he starts to use the sword again, mm-hmm. which is really epic yeah. conan yeah. Looks even great with a lightsaber. Yep. Well, that's the coming-of-age moment, right? Yeah. You said this is the moment where now he embraces this little conan yeah. so to speak, for lack of a better term. And it's his resurrection from... Crucifixion. It's yeah. just he is a savior now. To and the if world, possible, he's reason. even a little bit more serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah if it's possible, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which I like. And again, we have a conversation. Okay, we're going to go back for the princess, but we're just doing that, right, Conan? <laughs> we're not trying to kill the yeah. guy. Conan doesn't answer. He's just sharpening his sword. Yeah, uh, and we go on our next attack. So for the second time now, every time do you sharpen mm. when you're sharpening a knife? Are you thinking about that moment? I don't sharp. Uh, no. I'm really not because John, I, I've never sharpened a knife in my life. What? Yeah, John, I use what, my fists. Got to go. We got to go to the Cold Steel uh, online <laughs> and buy some swords because they start sharpening these things. I had, I had to. I mean, at that point, sure. I grew up in Florida. You had knives and bayonets, oh. and in your and you had to get a, a stone to sharpen them. Wow. See, the vast majority, I'm sharpening knives. It's my tenant chef knife, and I'm just thinking about <laughs> chopping onions. <laughs> Yeah. All right, we're moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we get some war paint on. We know that there's this <laughs> this crack to get into uh, Tulsa's Doom's headquarters, yeah. and this is sort of the biggest action sequence, like the not the biggest mm. action sequence, but the biggest sort of setup. Um, and we see for the first time. I hate to interrupt again. Oh, please. I hate to. My there God. You guys are, you know, both involved in in, in Hollywood. You know, this, this podcast <laughs> is getting sure. This is this is getting bigger and bigger. One day, you guys might have your own headquarters. Sure, right. The Would building. a party go on at your headquarters, similar to the to the engagement that that Conan's stumbling into? Are we including cannibal cannibalism? We don't have to. We could. I think by our age, <laughs> by the time that happens, no. Yeah, we'll be going to bed early. Yeah. So no, uh, there'll be men and women lying down, but it's to watch a movie. One of them. They're relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cinephiles. They'll be naked. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. They'll be okay. Sure. Naked. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, this is men quite and a women party. walking around naked. I mean, that's normal for any office. Yeah, naturally in Hollywood. In well, Hollywood. Yeah. I don't know what happens out in the We're rest across of the, the world. street from CBS right now. Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's, that's true. the whole place. Sure. It's it's happening naked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there might very well be some cannibalism going on. Hello. <laughs> um, we don't know right, how sorry. Les Moonves gets his power. I don't. Yeah, I yeah. don't like to question. Yeah, it. yeah so sorry. So just a joke, Mr. Moonves. Please don't. <laughs> please kill don't kill us. Please don't sell us. So yes, there's a big party going on. There's a giant pot of some green, soupy, sludgy thing yeah. with yeah. hands floating in it. Yeah. There are a lot of naked people that are sort of stunned. Um, Once again, this cult thing. Enjoying their comp- each other's it's company. very culty. Yeah, it's a cult thing. It's um, sexual stuff that happens all the time. It's then there's this moment it's a where... way to get higher. It's a way to get closer to, to God. I guess so, apparently. Yeah. That perfect union. That's and energy. then there's this moment where James Earl Jones turns into a snake. <laughs> this was the moment when... I remember watching in the movie going... Okay, I was buying all this fantastical stuff, but at this point, now I don't know what we're dealing with. Is mm. it a human? Is it a snake? How did it become a human snake? Uh, like, what is this? I want more powers than Mako. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. this is one where I this is one where I do say like I think they needed one more shot because no. it's there's shot one of his face, and they spent a lot of time of just him sort of serenely looking in the distance, and here's a cut, here's a cut, and then yeah. they come back to him. And it's turned into the rubber face, which is really well done. Well, yeah. And yeah. it starts to stretch, and you're like, oh, fuck, what's going on? And then it stretches a little more, and then you cut away to Subutai or something, and then you come right. back, and there's a snake in his hat. Yeah. And to me, it's like, <laughs> that was too much. There needed to be a middle <laughs> <One> shot, <laughs> which obviously was probably too hard to do. Right, and I wonder if it's the same people who did uh, American World for London, because it feels mm. very similar. I was thinking about I that. Yeah. Exactly. It feels very similar that's, to the I'm look. I'm almost sure that's Rick Baker. And, Probably, and if if Rick Baker had been on this, I'm sure I would have heard it. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I don't know. That's it's true. It's I mean, that was a great transformation. Yeah, that was in American Werewolf, I think oh, it still holds up. I think there's yeah. never been a better werewolf transformation yeah. ever in any film. And what's interesting about this moment is also like they they blackface James Earl Jones, which is really <laughs> weird. James is not a dark black person; he's a lighter face. So when but when they cut to the plastic or they cut to the they whatever didn't get they the tone right, they didn't yeah. cut the tone they right at oh, all. Wow. And I was just like, you're gonna black. Face James, all right, but I guess at the time, you know, you're just kind of like trying to sell the effect, and the effect really works actually. Up to seeing, a certain point, yeah. seeing the mouth kind of mm, start to protrude. move out because you're yeah. like, What the fuck is going on here? And now we're into a big fight scene, yeah, great. And, and I love really the makeup, good. I love the uh, like the uh, oh, yeah, the cave camo, the camo yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, the yeah, that they have on it's urban great. camo, yeah. And urban. We, get, we get Arnold fighting against the two big guys, we get we yeah. get guy with the big hammer hitting yeah. the big pillar of stone. We get to see that that leap that you see in every movie now from uh, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow where you leap off the wall and come oh, down yeah. attack. Oh, yeah. That's done in everything. I wonder if that's the first one of those. That might be. When Sandal's running out and yeah. she's facing those four guys. Yeah, right. she's, she's in that. The wall. Like, yeah, it's and again, you see that as a dancer, like she, she moves really, really well. Oh, beautifully so, especially so. with a sword. And Sharp on yeah, apparently she was not that safe with the uh, stuntmen. No. She hurt a bunch of people. Oh. oh, did she really? Yeah. Yeah, and I think there was one big injury where someone's finger almost got cut off. Hers. Oh, hers. Yeah, her oh. finger almost got cut off. Oh, yeah, wow. Um, and uh, She said the stuntman suffered a lot on the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm not That's surprised. That's a pretty brutal. There's it a is. lot of brutal stunts. But it makes it believable, which yeah. is yeah. what's it's unfortunate. And after the big fight scene, we escape with the princess. Um, and then Thulsa Doom steps up, pulls out a snake. Coral snake, I believe. Is it a like coral it? snake? No, I don't know. It looks, it looks colorful. <laughs> if I knew that information, you go, we, we definitely called the right guy for this podcast. No, we called the right guy. <laughs> oh, wait. We, there's no question we there's called no the right question. guy. Uh, John Schnepp, though. What? John Schnepp. Is Schnepp a, would have been interesting. A huge 
Conan fan. Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah. maybe he'll listen to this episode and we can bring him on for another film. Yeah. You, can yeah. Have a, you, could, you guys could, yeah, you could probably do six of these with six different people. True. You know, but you're the one we, we wanted the most. Thank you. All right, we're just I'm the do, first one. We're John. just going to do Conan the Barbarian yeah. over and over again. <laughs> different just ways. Different guests. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I love the snake arrow effect. Is yeah. a great, oh, that's so cool. Super Seek. simple. Yeah. Because you're just pulling a snake yeah. straight, and then you have a cut, and then it's a it's a well, arrow that built line. like a snake. It's not abracadabra or some nonsense. No. It's yeah. Seek. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's going to hit its target. There's no yep. way that arrow is. You know, it's transversing about a mile. Yeah, it looks yeah. like. <laughs> I mean, obviously not. But and Valeria gets shot, mm-hmm. and so, again, when Arnold pulls the snake out, it's a great. It's perfect. Back done. into a snake. Phenomenal. Yeah. And all he's all that's happening is he's pulling a snake straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's not pulling the snake straight, and it looks like it turned back into a snake. It's really yeah. well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valeria dies in a lovely little death scene. Yep. And it's funny watching it this time. I went, you know what? Arnold's a good actor. Yes, mm-hmm. he is. I mean, he's not a great actor. But he's a good actor. Well, it isn't just he's Milius. a great Conan actor. He's a great Conan. Sure, it's it's yeah. not just Milius and Oliver Stone elevating this film. It's also Schwarzenegger. What yeah. he brings to it, right? Yeah. His believable progression from the wide-eyed kid who gets set free as a slave, falling in love, then resurrected the incredible power he has, and then this moment where he receives her death so, so strongly. But mm-hmm. without emotion, like without overt emotion, because that's not how he's built, you know, right. which we find out later when they're burning her body and she says, yeah. I want to bring, breathe my last breath to you, blah, blah, blah. And then they burn his, her body and Subutai is crying and Mako yeah. goes, why oh, are you crying? Line. And he goes, I cry because he, Conan, cannot cry. He's Sumerian. Yeah. He will not yeah. show. Yeah. Great it's line. such a great moment. Yeah, it's great. It's funny. I was thinking watching this is I remember even as a kid yeah. when this came out and in the early days of Arnold as a movie star there's a lot of mockery of Arnold sure there was tons tons mm-hmm. of mockery and that and because people just naturally associated big muscles with stupidity right and because of his accent is that people just went oh he's this big muscle bound idiot why is he a movie star mm-hmm. And what's funny looking at that now is now we know this is an unbelievably intelligent guy. But yeah. at the t- it like buying up real estate like crazy even prior to this yeah. you know, mm-hmm. film in Venice. And, and, and if you look at him now, it's like, you know, he was governor of California. Yeah. He was. And, and, and even today, like he'll come out. There's things that he's put out that have shown up on YouTube and Facebook yeah. where he's making statements. I'm like, man, Arnold. It's got it going on. Well, even from the beginning, he was underestimated, right? And yeah. this is what he talks I about. I think everybody always, who knows him, yeah. you hear, hear them talking about him in high, with high esteem. So. Yeah. No, well, he, from the beginning, so it's not surprising that, people, that he rode out the wave of people making fun of him because every venture he's taken since he was a kid, like ESPN did a fantastic 30 for 30 on him. That's like oh, 20 minutes. Yeah, it's that. a great little story about how he snuck out when he was serving for the Austrian army. army yeah. He oh, would sneak to compete, out to, to compete in right, bodybuilding, bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. And when he got caught, the guy, the guy said to him, well, did you win? He goes, yeah, I got second place. He goes, Next time you win, yeah. and it was his, and it was a way yeah. of so this was him always like kind of pursuing his dreams because he never wanted to be behind anybody else. He had this drive to be. He, you could underestimate him all you want, but that was at your peril, and that's why it's not surprising that he wrote out this initial criticism of him walking into this new world of Hollywood uh, for judging him, and then becoming the, a star. Well, and the thing about his life, and you know, if you look at it both in bodybuilding and film, yeah, he's continually learning lessons from 
you know, fail, failures or not getting, you know, he doesn't win Mr. Universe the first time. He doesn't, I don't think he win Mr. Olympia the first time. Mm-hmm. No, I think and, uh, and, Sergio Oliva does or something. Yeah, like that. and then, the, but the second time he does, and what he's like, oh, I didn't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And when he goes into acting, when he goes into politics, at every stage, he's got that, not just, he does have a lot of arrogance, and but he also has the, I'm going to learn from mistakes and improve and improve and improve. Right. Yeah. He's an impressive guy. Well, something Nelson Mandela says, I think it was Nelson. He said, like, I don't lose. I learn. I win or I learn. These are the only two options. Yeah. And it's great. Um, So uh, the princess tells him, look, he's going to come for you. And we have a great setting the trap montage, which... There's very few traps in here that work, except one <laughs> awesome one. Because it's like if you're setting the trap, well, you just stepped out in front of the horse guy and yeah. hit him with an axe. Yeah. Why did you have a bit of a these, trap? Why did you have all these things in the ground and all this other stuff? <laughs> uh, and, they, and, and and what we have to say before we get into this big action sequence is this is when the speech happens where Conan talks to Crom. Yeah, Crom, mm-hmm. I've never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good men or bad, why we fought or why we died. No. All that matters is that two stood against many. That's what's important. Barbara pleases you, Kram. So grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen... Then to hell with you. This is a nice callback, Steve. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't know what ADR stood for earlier, but now I know. I can understand callbacks. Sure. We had a discussion earlier. This but, what's, what's great about this speech is if you, if, you see, if you remember the earlier conversation, which we didn't really touch on much, between uh, Subutai and Conan when they're, having, when they're having their chicken over the fire, and he says, what gods do you pray to? And all this kind of thing. He's oh, asking, yeah. the, the and he says, winds. the four winds, right? But uh, Schwarzenegger says, Krom, and he says, Krom, I don't think he listens to me or anything like that, but I'm still going to be judged by him yeah, at right. some, when my life is over and I want to have lived a good life. And so when he's having this speech here, he's saying, I've never prayed to you, which is interesting. I've never yeah. prayed to you. I don't have the tongue for it. But... Um, if you don't help me now, I say to hell with to you. To hell with you. And I'll tell you what this reminds me of, and you will appreciate this. Yes. It's in Major in League. In Major League, yes. What's his name? What's uh, 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 It's Joe Boo is the god. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, a Serrano. 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 Yeah. Fuck you, Joe Boo. Fuck you. I say, fuck you, Joe Boo. If you don't help me. I say, it's exa- and I don't know if yeah. they were thinking I'm about sure Conan. I'm sure it is. I'm but sure it's the it same is. speech. Um, <laughs> is Major League coming on the Cinephiles sometime? I would love it. Yeah, me too. You know me. I watched it uh, a couple years ago. Totally holds up. If I watched it two days ago, it still holds yeah. up. Um, okay, now we're in this battle. This is a great battle. Yeah. The best one in the movie, I think. Great action sequence. Yeah. You have the fantastic trap. I mean, first of all, there's a lot of great stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, Subutai has great moves, great moments. Even Mako comes out <laughs> and has a little moment. Yeah, great comedic a little moment. comedic relief. Yeah, dressed in his little outfit. And then you have the one of our two big guys, Sven, comes mm-hmm. out, sees Arnold's head, hits yeah. it, and that's the one trap that really so works. So sneaky. Yeah, that one's great. 
<laughs> and I love Sven's look of like, oh, I got you now, motherfucker. Yeah. And he turns around. He's like, oh, shit, I got a spike in my chest. And yeah. Conan spends a little more time than maybe necessary just kind of looking at him. <laughs> well, <laughs> like revenge is sweet, man. Know. And also, what's, that guy has done like six Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah. He's, he's the henchman yeah. in Running Man with the beard. Yep. Yep. He's done, uh, he's in uh, what, uh, he's the guy with the cigar and the Hawaiian shirt in Hard Target with John oh, Woo. that's right. So uh. he's done a lot of movies. So this guy like lasted a long time in movies mm. playing these henchmen characters. Yeah. Um, and then the other big guy, Ben Davidson, I think yep. comes up and we have a really good fight scene yeah. interrupted yeah. for a moment where Conan's almost done by the appearance of sort of magical shining Viking Valeria. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, which is great. Helpful. Uh, and Conan... <laughs> Very helpful. <laughs> um, and she calls back. She makes good on forever? her promise. Yeah. yeah. And in the battle, I th- the character's name is Raxor, which is a good sword fight. Yeah. If you want big, heavy broadswords swinging at each other, he breaks the sword and that's the end of Raxor, and that's yeah. his father's sword. His father's sword. Yeah. yeah. The symbolism of breaking his father's sword, too, for yeah. me. And whole, well, one, the symbolism is he is now his own man. Yeah. And the second thing is him holding both the swords up in the same position that he did when he was a pit fighter. Mm-hmm. It is calling back to right. him, embracing that he understands what he does best even more fully in that moment. And it's just, it's yeah. a great moment. And... Uh, Doom wants no piece of this, and he rides away. <laughs> like, that didn't end well. Yeah. And uh, now Oops. Conan and the princess are going for now our third wait, attack. Wait, you skip. Oh. Don't, don't skip that he tries to kill the princess with the arrow. Yeah. Oh, good right. point. Also, yeah. Doom does in that moment, seeing that, that he's lost all his warriors, in a moment to uh, the princess is screaming for him to save her, and he I'm pulls really out a snake arrow. Yeah. And shoots the snake arrow. And this is a really great moment. For to her, have, too. Yeah, for her, too. Yeah, right. Because for Subutai to go up and save her yep. because Arnold had done... Normally, in, in Heroes Now, he would do everything. Yeah, but true. I love that they let Subutai have this moment. Mm-hmm. And then she realizes the cult is a lie. He's a lie. It's right. the destruction of the faith mm-hmm. in the leader. Like yep. The leader is actually a joke. You're looking behind the curtain like an Oz, and you see the old man. Doesn't she kiss Conan a little bit on the cheek? Is that a deleted scene? I no, think it's on the cheek. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm joking. No, it's more than the cheek. <laughs> She's no. like completely switches allegiances right there. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it's hey, all about- hey Which, you. Hey, in fella. the extended edition, it, that does happen. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, I didn't watch the extended edition. No, that didn't happen, John. <laughs> Come on. She's uh, like that quick, like, huh, huh, there's a new daddy in town. Um, Hello. And he's got even longer hair. So Conan and the princess break in for now the third time on yes. Doom's headquarters. He's got to work on security. But this time she's leading <laughs> oh, him. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's does. leading him. She in, leads interesting. him in. Yeah. Um, and we have the That's final true. confrontation. Again, James Earl Jones is awesome. Oh, so Great amazing. speech. Um, another speech, and it's this moment of like, who is now your father if not me? Well, who now is your father if it is not me? Who gave you the will to live? I am the wellspring from which you flow. When I am gone, you will have never been. What will your world be without me, my son? That's a great, great moment. If I die, you will cease to exist. You will not be anything. Right. You, will see, you won't even know who you are. You will cease to exist. Yeah. It's really and, powerful. And he's yeah. kind of hypnotizing Conan, Conan. and it looks like he has him, but he doesn't have him. <laughs> I love the shake of the head of like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So here's something I was thinking watching it this time is this sequence is Apocalypse Now. Yes. Is that the person has come in 
in in front there's the 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 mm. the cult following that's a great point, that is yeah. like looking at the looking up to this yeah. person mm-hmm. and it's the destiny of this other person who is in some ways a son to kill that person yeah. uh, in a ritual manner in front of the cult and that the cult is then rather than tearing that person apart who just called their leader killed their leader is going to just lay down their arms yeah. you know? all the candles it's, start going out and what's so fascinating about it is or that that, that I don't know. is that while Milius wrote a bunch of Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. that is not what he wrote. Wow! Is that that's all the improv that came up from Coppola and uh, and uh, Brando, Brando. Yeah. Um, and that that was the ending that is not Milius's ending of that script was a huge battle. Yeah. And so and yet this movie, you know, four years later, very much seems like Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know more about Apocalypse Now, I suggest checking out our <laughs> Apocalypse Now podcast, which is one of my all-time favorites. You guys definitely did the research on this one. <laughs> ding ding ding. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, but so he does he kills him. He cuts his head off, he holds mm-hmm. his head up in front of the colt, mm-hmm. throws it down the steps. Once again, this is one of those great moments where you see the score is building through yeah. this whole thing the when they sneak in, and the, go- the score, as soon as he cuts his head off, the score stops. I'm super sad at this it? point. I'm sad watching this movie every time. Oh. I'm like, this is the end of Conan right now. This yeah. is the end of the Conan stuff. The party's over. <laughs> like Now I'm so, going to see so the credits the dooms, Oh, just because the movie's almost yeah, I'm over? Like, yeah. yeah, it's really kind of a sad moment. It's every very time somber you, every for Every time you well, end the yeah. movie, yeah. And particularly when you know that the next movie's going to be awful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the, then the uh, supposed Red, Red, Red Sonia, Sonia yeah. one. Ugh. Now, Red Sonia and Conan in the Robert E. Howard's um, right. mythology, different timeline. Right. So there's no real true... And only in the comic books do you see the two of them in this right. meeting. Well, I love... Like I was saying, I love that it goes silent, and then he throws the head down the steps. Yep. It's the end of the cult. It's the end of... Yep. And the fact that Milius doesn't do some kind of... Doesn't allow some kind of big emotional score or music cue there, I think it's brilliant. It, it's yeah. Reduced. You look at all the stuff you were yelling about, screaming about, going, oh, I'm going to... It means nothing. Yeah, it means Falsa Doom was nothing. right. Yeah, he was, right. was wrong. That's the oh, end was, of yeah. well, he could turn into a snake. Yeah, not with a head cut off. <laughs> it took a little time. He needed a lot of blood sacrifice in human bodies. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I, I wish. And I was, soup. I was watching this going like, man, I wish it was that easy to make people go like, oh, I wholeheartedly believed in this thing. Oh no, I don't. It can if you if you let's, destroy let's the hope leader of the cult. Let's hope that happens. Yeah, and yeah. in present day, you yeah, never know. He he burns down the the palace or the temple or whatever it is. You're gonna get us killed. <laughs> yeah, I know. And knock knock knock. Conan Hello, Ron. come with us, <laughs> Mister Mister Co- Conan, is it Les Moonves? Yeah, no. It's gonna be. He's constantly after you two. Again, I apologize, Mister. This, this guy really wants a piece of you guys. Wait, you should have Les Moonves on the cinephile scene. Oh, yeah, let's right get across the street. That out. Yeah, sure. I met him once. Did you really? Yeah, when I was doing the Shark Show for CBS. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, all right, so he burns down the palace. Uh, and rides off into the sunset. We go back to ki- old King Conan on the throne. I love that shot, the narration. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. He he looks so good as old man does, King Conan, which is why mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to King yeah. Conan. And yeah. the fa- I love that it ends with and this story will be told as well. Will be told too. Yeah. Shall be told. Now I know something about that oh, that please. story. What I can can't, you? Break? I can't really speak on it, but there's uh, I don't know where the script is at right now and what changes they've made, but. It looks it looks like it could be pretty cool if it's in the right hands. Now I, I know a director that was I was working with a director that was going to do it. And he oh. took several meetings and it got pretty far, um, and ultimately they didn't go with him. But he had some great ideas, hmm. and um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Will it be Schwarzenegger being Conan and the lead of the movie, or will he yes. be 
Wow. Yeah. At 70 years old. Well, he's well, King Conan. He's, you know. All right. I, now, it, it's not the type of movie <laughs> that you, is, you is think it's going to be. I think it's going to oh, be a little oh. bit. And, and the producer is, uh, what's his head? The uh, uh, Fast and the Furious uh, oh, guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they have enough money and uh, t- to do this thing sure. right. And they're t- trying to take it very seriously. So it's, it's not going to be 70-year-old. Conan behaving like you know twenty five year old Conan. Oh, okay. So it's, it's respectful of 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 those issues, and uh, I'm guessing. I just throw this out there. It's a little bit of like Unforgiven, or what was that other? Uh, oh yeah, uh, movie with uh, Clint Eastwood where he's Grant Torino. Grant Torino. Grant Torino yeah. Where it's like, oh, well, that that, that, would, that was kind of Dirty Harry, but that's Dirty Harry now. Oh, no, man. I that's I. I am hopeful, mm-hmm. and if they can pl- do it with well, that much respect is, and reverence, Jerry Lopez is still alive, so you can certainly have Subutai come back. You can have a cameo by Subutai. I think Mako is still alive. No, 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 yeah. he passed away. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful and concerned. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm very concerned, especially after the last Conan movie. Well, and, and you know, but that was the '80s. To no, 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 to, the last Conan was oh Momoa. that remake. Oh, yeah. no. well, like uh, pe- there's a lot of desire to make the big smash action film like mm-hmm. the other ones mm-hmm. and the time and attention and you know what you see in this film i don't know i don't know that we can do it i hope I, they do I, i'm with I you i mean arnold with as you, you said I'm, at the beginning arnold's track record in the last 30 years yeah. in movies is not that good well no, i think that has a lot to do with the politics years. Yes. 20 years. 25 i think, years. I think it, it, it when you take someone out of the theatrical world throw him into politics mm-hmm. and then he reemerges back into you know, a movie, it's a little bit hard to buy that person again as yeah, but his a de- fictional he, he, character. He started not having good movies in the mid-90s. Right. I mean, he, he was pretty much finished after after True Lies. Like, his movies are... are, 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 are um, yeah. uh, True Lies is a lot of fun. Yeah, I like right, True Lies. Uh, that's his last yeah. good movie, in my opinion, yeah. But in terms of a blockbuster. But what Steve said earlier in the podcast is interesting, because you said it's the movies, not the actor. And I do agree to this extent in that his three movies that he's done since he came back, Last Stand, Sabotage, and Maggie... Mm-hmm. He's doing some of the best acting I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, him sabotage, do. sabotage. He's I didn't fantastic. see the uh, the horror movie. Where, where, yeah, Maggie, the yeah. one where his Abigail Breslin is yeah, a zombie daughter. Arnold is good in that movie. And there's another one that came out where I didn't see it yet, but Scoot McNary like kills his son in the plane, and he has to, he's going after him for revenge. Schwarzenegger's. So there's there's he's do he's embraced his age, and there's a there's a confidence and a depth and complexity to his performances now that weren't necessarily there back in the nineties. Right. So. I'd be excited to see what he would bring to Conan. He has less approved now, probably. He's like, okay, I'm I'm doing it more for for me. I'm sure he doesn't have to do movies. He's got all that money because he loves doing movies, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little about the influence of the film. Um, And I think it's hugely influential in two ways. Um, The first is just Arnold. Yeah. You know, is that the rise of Arnold, I think... You know, and Stallone sort of on a parallel but slightly different track, and then you get these. You know, and the, the well, idea Stallone of, changes his whole physique by yeah. the time Rocky four. You know, three comes three out. Four, three, yeah. three is like oh, three is when he gets slimmer. Yeah, right? he's fighting Clubber Lang, right. and um, yeah. And this is the yeah. other the big thing I think. And we talked about it when we talked about Enter the Dragon. Is that previously to Bruce Lee and definitely previously to Arnold, movie stars didn't have to be ripped, right? And today. Like the entire way that movie stars and humans in general envision the human body is completely different, largely because of Arnold. Yeah. You know, that there's most, I would say most people in the world didn't lift weights ever. 
you know, maybe if you're on a football team in high school or something. Right, right. And now most people in the world probably have lifted weights mm-hmm. at some point. The rise in gym yeah. culture, the yeah. rise in, I mean, all that, that CrossFit, all of that, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. I really think it goes back to Arnold because introducing mm, this, yeah, because this is what absolutely. you can achieve. Yeah, well, and maybe I think with body a little bit building, of help, but you can, yeah, yeah, you get there. Help. Need some help, but bodybuilding. I think you know, in the fifties and the sixties, was sort of a niche culture. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, a, even in the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Please, if, if you go to Gold's Gym right now and you see some of these guys, they're not human looking. It's unsightly. I mean, you're get, you're going to be taken aback. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little it's a little strange. Well, and I've heard that Arnold has kind of come out against where bodybuilding has gone to mm-hmm. some degree. Just well, in terms there was of, a, there was a level of aesthetics when yeah. he was when he was doing it, and right. a lot of it was based on aesthetics. Also, yeah, like you had yeah. guys who weren't necessarily huge, like Frank Zane, yeah. who were just like in in tremendous shape and they had a you know great physique, and then guys like Sergio Oliva, who just had was blessed yeah. with amazing genetics, like broad shoulders, tiny little waist. And now you have guys that are just, let's just see how he, monstrous the human body can become. Yeah, I mean, it's a different thing. That's when it yeah. blew up. I had subscriptions to flex and to muscle and fitness. And, and Iron Man. Like, Iron Man, right. Yeah. All those things. And I would like Lee Haney and uh, uh, what was Robbie this? Robertson. Robbie Robertson, right. Yeah. All those guys. Kevin Cerrone. I know nothing Cerrone. who these people yeah. are. Yeah, Kevin Cerrone. And then Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates was the guy that I absolutely loved. Yeah, yeah, he changed things completely. Because yeah. his, his was in not between. spending two hours in the gym. His was hitting things one set at a time, going to the gym for half an hour and you're done and yeah. it was interesting this con- and he would he's still monster size guy british guy yeah. and it's interesting how it's changed so arnold's probably right because it's all size now as opposed to what you're talking about aesthetics because when you see pumping iron and he's teaching that guy how to pose he's teaching that yeah. guy to pose to be effective right to his oh, effective oh, no, no, body. i know the guy he's telling but mike yeah. katz is the um school teacher that's right the school in, teacher, in the yeah. beginning and yeah. um well, and there's the sense with Arnold of him trying to create the platonic ideal of the human body yep. in, in, in terms of its proportion, its aesthetics, um, the way it moves. And I think – I can't speak to this at all. You, you guys mm-hmm. know much more than me. But it does seem that size and bulk has kind of gone past oh, that. Oh, no. I think, yeah. mm-hmm. I, think here, this is, I think Fight Club changed that, by the way. Oh. I think you yeah. saw Brad Pitt in Fight Club in this slim mm-hmm. – I think the UFC right. and Fight Club changed that. Yeah. Because you see this slim character, and it kind of changed everyone from wanting to be Arnold's size right. to like, you know what? I could just use abs. Damn well, it! Right. But no, no. He's, he's athletic and great, mm-hmm. and charming, and handsome. And Brad Pitt really kind of took that. And then you start watching the UFC. Millie is a big fan of the UFC. Yeah. Right. This is uh, according to him and everybody. He created the uh, the idea of the octagon. Oh wow! Um, oh. And he was kind of instrumental in. He was talking to all those guys that was he was part of the very first ufc wow but um you start noticing like you, you see big muscle guys going in there mm-hmm. and you go oh my god this guy's gonna destroy, destroy someone him, yeah. and then you have hoist gracie who's a regular looking guy wearing a gi and he's just taking him out and he's not punching him either nope right he's he's it's taking him to the ground and yeah. submitting him and then you have other guys who are just like starting to use this stuff and it's you know you have people like george st pierre who are mm-hmm. muscular uh, a little less so than a Van Damme, but they're not like the Incredible Hulk. They're not right. like Schwarzenegger, and I think that changed a little bit of like uh, movie aesthetics, and that's why we can we can buy like well, the Arrow on TV. And, right. 
Well, it vacillates too because right when Schwarzenegger came, it was the all the guys were big, all this kind of stuff. But then there was a counter to that, which was Bruce Willis and Keanu Reeves doing mm-hmm. these action films where they're they're thinner guys, skinnier guys, more everyman kind of guys. Yeah. Now it's swung back to people like The Rock and so and you know yeah. John Cena and all these people from wrestling are walking, yeah. Batista are walking in and getting these big parts and playing these parts. But the but the actors like that are the main guys like Chris Pratt, whatever they have to get into this like ripped shape. It's yeah. not huge necessarily, but certainly muscular. So there's yeah. a middle. Hemsworth is. I think there's what you're what, what we're pointing at is that in terms of movies, that there is something fundamentally different between the experience you have watching Conan yeah. and the experience you have watching Die Hard. Yes, is yeah. that in Conan, you know, when I was a kid, Superman was my favorite superhero, mm. and Superman is about fantasy. It's about if I could be blank, right. if I could fly, if I could have the superpowers. And Conan is the same. Conan is this huge, unstoppable, super powerful person that is nothing like me die hard is about oh that person's like me now obviously john mcclain is much tougher and cooler than i am stronger feet more callous powerful feet but the but the experience is like he, they go out of their way to make him seem like an ordinary person mm-hmm. that is attainable rising as opposed to conan who's not attainable right right and they're both and, and maybe what we do in our in our kind of tastes in film is go back and forth between you know the fantasy experience mm-hmm. of you know fantasizing to be this amazing thing and the human experience of what an actual human being yeah the do. rock is obviously fantasy for most people it really yeah. is you know that's like a big you know when he shows up in mm-hmm. you know the fast and furious franchise like okay that's you know He's that's a, a superhero yeah. right you know but he takes a page out of schwarzenegger's book of course that he, he is... uses his size for humor right in central intelligence incredibly yeah. funny making fun of his size but then in other movies he uses it to his advantage like fast and furious so it's very much so so i think you know Conan and Arnold, these are hugely influential. Um, uh, John, yes. what, what are your final thoughts on Conan? My final thoughts are this. This is a film that if you haven't seen it in a while and you're listening to us talk about it, go back and revisit it. You will be incredibly impressed at how much of it is still uh, enjoyable, still holds up, still works. You'll be surprised at the moments you thought were cheesy actually are still powerful and moving. And that you, the romance there that is, is, is you buy it completely. The friendship between him and Subutai. Everything you want from an epic film is in this movie. And you get the birth of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And there's not a moment in this film where you don't believe what Arnold is saying or doing or acting like. And James Earl Jones, Max von Sydow, they bring in the right actors to give the film depth and complexity and a and an anchor in the ground a foundation that makes you, that makes you stop from laughing at it it makes you stop laughing at it it makes you actually take it seriously the score is amazing Emilius's direction is on point and the cinematography which we haven't even touched on is amazing oh, yeah, it's really there's well so much great uh, uh, shots of the of the of the of the uh, what do you call it the oh, what's the Master word? Shot? landscape landscape yes there's yeah. so many great landscape shots i mean that tree of woe shot alone is amazing yeah. you know and so all of that just works so effectively and you get the right combination of very serious themes, very serious exploration and out of nowhere, a coming of age movie and these sweet, tender moments between him and, and Valeria and also these actually earned comedic moments with Mako, yeah. which is almost Shakespearean where you have the gatekeeper be yep. the comedic relief in the movie. So to me, it's still a phenomenal movie that still holds up one of the greatest films ever made in my opinion and certainly for this genre, one yeah. that elevates the oh, yeah. genre. It's at a whole different level. Dan, how about you? Yeah, well, obviously, it's one of my all-time favorite, favorite films. It's always going to be in the top five, probably top three best films I've ever seen. Um, I was a big fan of Frank Verzetta. It The whole thing right. looks like a yeah. Frank Verzetta painting. I mean, it's William, William Stout, who um, also 
of that genre and era and everything who's who's working on it and making sure all these all the iconography and all the swords and all the weapons uh i mean it's just beautiful it's a thing like you go is this earth or is yeah. this <laughs> it's, it's supposed yeah. to be prehistoric <laughs> man great. it's like yeah. it's almost like you know like the the meteor wiped out the dinosaurs it's almost like a meteor wiped out civilization right. and we restarted again and this is the period before um it when we're talking about king Conan, it makes me wonder like if this is the hustler, can they make the color mm. of money? Like the color of money is a great film too. I really like color of money. I'd love it too. Yeah, and that's one of the few films where you revisit it years later. I didn't. I'll have yeah, to revisit but, it yeah. again. You have to revisit it yeah, again. I, and I haven't to. seen it in a few years. It might be. It might be Goonies <laughs> to me. So you know, I don't know. But I'm just saying, the, the color of money. If you can watch it in, in black and white, is kind of cool too. Oh, it's it's. it's I would love to do yeah, that. Yeah, just turn mm. off the color that and watch it that way. It's kind of cool. But if they can make a King Conan. That stands up to it's just such a hard thing. I don't know if you can achieve um, a, a movie like like that, like that again. There's who's the director who did um, uh, Drive? He had a great Viking film. Oh, oh yeah, uh, I mean, that's a, that's Windig a, Reef, something like that. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. A, it's a it's a great Viking film, and um, he uh, it's believable. It's a believable Viking film. It's very raw and. And visceral, but it's not an epic tale. I think like it's Conan. Nic- is. Yeah, Nicholas Winding Refn yeah. is the director, and I think he did. Yeah, you're the Viking. So what's the name? It's, it's one word. It's yeah. not like Valhalla or anything like that. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, Valhalla Rising. It's Valhalla with Rising. Such it's a on my ne- It's in my Netflix queue, and I've yet to watch oh, it. Oh, you haven't watched it? Watch you're, really, you're gonna love it. Okay, it's cool. not what you expect at all. Okay, good. Um, um, so my thoughts are this: is um, I'm trying to think of how to say this exactly the right way. Might be impossible. Which is which is that. I, lo- I love the film for everything we've talked about, and I love doing the podcast, and I think it's important, but watching the movie again, I did not, I think, I couldn't go back to that kid who adored this film. I didn't love it as much. John, attack him. <laughs> no, I feel He's weak. Little... Get him now. <laughs> I just, it's, I don't know that this is a movie I'm going to go back to as much. Are those your uh, robes, Steve? Are those your robes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take them out. Uh, look. I, I got. I gotta call it as I. Thought. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. You, you have know, to. Is that yeah. you're not going to be liked by two uh, people <laughs> no. sitting here, but you can say whatever well, you want. And, and this is the thing: is that you know, movies, movies are where you are when you mm-hmm, see them, mm-hmm. and you're going to feel what you're going to feel. And sometimes there are films that are great that maybe you don't love, and sometimes there are films that you adore at one point in your life and like less. I don't. I don't it's not that I'm saying it's a bad movie in any way, but I am just kind of going like, oh, I didn't love this as much as I had. Thought I was going to. It's a lot of anger in this room right now. Yeah. I mean, but I felt like I had to say. I don't even want to go say. see what you hear about uh, feel about Roadhouse. Oh, Roadhouse is an entirely different thing. All right, I've watched Roadhouse with you. It was yeah. not a good night that night. I was really riled up. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, and maybe and this is why we always ask this question at the yeah. end. It's like, well, that's what we think about Conan the Barbarian. We want to hear what you think. We want to hear from people who have watched this when they're kids, like we were, and have a real association with the film. We also Daniel would love Vogel. to hear. Right. We also Daniel Vogel. We want to hear from you. Oh my and god. We, yeah. And we also want to hear from people who maybe never seen it before. Yeah. And what do you feel watching this film? Because it's very different from action movies today. 
today. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe even very different from how you perceive Arnold Schwarzenegger. So we'd love to hear that. As always, you can visit us on Facebook at the Cinephile, C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S. You can follow us on YouTube where you can post your comments. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your reviews on iTunes. They're really helpful for us. Um, as always, we want you to support us on our Patreon page where you can actually pick a film that yeah. we're going to review. And there's a couple coming up that we're going to get to that are from our uh, Patreon subscribers. We're going to get to those real soon. And as always, you can visit me on Twitter at SR Morris. John, where can they reach you? You guys can always reach me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Or uh, visit your house, right? Or yes, you know, don't come visit my house. <laughs> oh. uh, and also um, uh, the the Outlaw Nation. And the Top 10 Show, both on the SK Plus podcast channel. If you haven't subscribed to them, subscribe to them so you can get our shows downloaded to you midnight of the night they come out on Tuesday and on Thursday. We love to do the shows for you on the Top 10 Show, and I love doing Outlaw Nation for you guys. And I think by the time this comes out, I will be a full-time employee at Collider.com, which is amazing for me, or Collider, rather, which is amazing for me. And hopefully, I will be able to start writing again for Collider.com, those of you who've enjoyed my articles and columns on Tracking Board. So, um, And cool. uh, Dan, if people want to reach you on the socials, uh, where would they uh, find you? It's at Urban Barbarian on Twitter and at Urban Barbarian on Instagram. And when does slots come out? October 4th. October 4th. Yeah. Boom. Check can, it out. Can, can you pre-order it anywhere? You know, I don't know. I think if you go to your comic book shop, you can definitely pre-order. It's not on Amazon to pre-order? I don't know if they sell individual Ooh. issues of comic books on Amazon. Oh, oh, but they oh. will come out with a trade paperback, though. It's six uh -huh. issues, and, gotcha. and it'll be a trade paperback soon after. And will there be, like, after. digital versions on Comixology or anything like that? Probably. Uh, I kind of assume. Cool. All right, so definitely check it out. And there's a there is a... There are thousands of pages of fantastic Dan Panosian artwork in all sorts of comics and stuff that you <laughs> should go to your comic book store and start picking it up because he's a great artist. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Dan, thank and you thanks, so much. John. Thank you, Dan. It's thanks, been great you. having you uh, here. And I think that's it for this week. We will see you next time on The Cinephiles.